This is a Big MX podcast, brought to you by X Brand Goggles, presented by Tech One Designs, 204 Skate Shop, West Side Honda, Capital Motorsports, Golden Tire, and Trans Canada Motorsports out of Brandon, Manitoba. Motocross news from around the world. We're not experts, but we've got microphones. Check us out on the web at BigMXRadio.com. Welcome to the Big MX Podcast Show, brought to you by X-Brand Goggles, 204 Skate Shop, Tech One Designs, Millennium Technologies, Westside Honda, Capital Motorsports, TransCanada Motorsports out of Brandon, Manitoba, Roy Borton Suspension Systems. I am your host, Brad Gebhardt, with me on the line, my co-host, Christopher Mellon. How's it going, Chris? Not too bad, sir, not bad at all. How would you feel about breaking down not only the Vegas Supercross, but the entire Supercross series as it's happened, as well as a little bit of look forward towards the uh, the Nationals? How about we break down everything that's going on in the world as well also? Well, we can touch on that. That's going to be a little bit of a long podcast, but either way, let's get her done. Let's do it. Uh, I've arranged to uh, to call up uh, Christopher Beach, a good friend of ours. Uh, he was also down in... Las Vegas to watch the Supercross. I believe he uh, had a pretty good vantage point as he was uh, second or third row, so he's got a, he had a great view of some of the battles. Uh, we'll, we'll 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 call him up uh, in just a few minutes, and uh, yeah. So um, just a quick recap of the trip. Uh, you were saying earlier today that you've not quite um, not quite recovered, and we're almost uh, ten ten days uh, removed from uh, uh, Las Vegas. I guess you're only a week, but I'm at least ten days removed from Las Vegas. Yeah, I think it was like last Friday or something I got home, but I got home to my dog that got inside my girlfriend's car. He bit the door handle, opened it up, got in, and I guess got locked in there for a bit and dug apart two seats, then the door panel and miscellaneous other nicks and knacks. And yeah, so then it took about two days to fix that. Plus the other damage he did to the house, he bounced off a bunch of screens. Plus, like just the jet lag and hangover, and going to work and that shit out. Yeah, it's been a mess. And finally, I think I had the hugest steak last night, and it just made life better. And now I'm back to reality. I think. Bet you best 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 part about uh, best part about Vegas. I would say just hanging out with you and Riley for, for yeah. those days, for sure. Yeah, never mind awesome. anything that we did other than that. The minute you left, it just wasn't the same, that's for sure. Oh, that, that, that means a lot to me. <laughs> and no, Fremont was fun. Um, just drinking by the pool was a good time, especially hanging out with Brad Stutsky and my buddy Eric and guys that I don't really get to see anymore in my daily life that used to pretty much be family and live all at the house, you know? So... Good to see those jerks and have some drinks and soak in some sun. And, uh, yeah, unfortunately, the racing was not by any means the most exciting part of the event. Like, yeah, we pieced before the 450 main, but um, really it didn't seem like any of the guys had much gas left in the tanks or they just didn't really care. Slash, the track did look super, super slippery for the start. Like, there was puddles in between the jumps, and then the jumps were rock hard, so... We all know how that is to time stuff and trust that. Like, you know, the land pinned, back tire lights up. That's how you go over the bars and end your motocross outdoor season just at the end of Supercross. 
slip that. Absolutely, yeah. Did you notice how? Ahead. Yeah. Did you notice how slick the track was? Even in the corners, they were oh, uh, skating, skating out, sliding out. Yo, uh, um, I I found out that the uh, when the series was in uh, New York. They had already had the base down for a couple of days already, if not uh, that week prior. So that base, uh, although they do push all the dirt to the middle, um, the the base of that uh, that stadium had been in there for quite some time, and yeah, that's that's just bad news for uh, for, for 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 traction and at a place that already struggles to get it. So um, yeah, any, anyone who excels on the slick stuff, they uh, they had themselves a good night. But otherwise, I think a lot of guys were struggling for traction. Yeah, for sure. I don't know if they switched much up or they just kind of got through the night, if you know what I mean. Um, and I think lots of guys just kind of got through the night. <clears throat> Absolute, yeah. I think uh, there's a lot of guys who um, just um, weren't uh, weren't. Too, putting too much importance on the night, to be honest. Uh, a lot of the championships were settled. Uh, some of the guys still wanting to uh, have a good night to better their overall performance, but uh, a lot of pedestrian rides out there from guys uh, you saw who were charging out, charging throughout the uh, the, the the race night. But uh, let's get uh, let's get Chris uh, Chris Beach on on the air here. Uh, let's call him up and uh, see what he had to say. Um, Chris Beach. Out of uh, he's actually originally a Thompson um, Thompson Manitoba freestyle rider, uh, absolute moto fan. He's um, yeah. Hope, hopefully, it'll be a good addition to the podcast. That's for sure. Hello, Christopher Beach. Hey, what's happening, Bradley? Uh, not too bad. How, how about yourself, my friend? Welcome to the Big MX Show. Hey, hey thanks for having me. <laughs> what's going on, Mister Beach? Hey, how's it going, man? Pretty all right, pretty all right. Just sitting in my living room drinking coffee late at night. Right on, on. Yeah, I just hopped into the shower. I was like, man, I, this is this is late for an old dude with wife and kids and stuff. Sorry about that, my friend. Uh, I would have called <laughs> earlier. I just, uh, I mean, I'm, I guess I dropped the ball on this one. But uh, no, no. nevertheless, uh, just after 11 p.m. Central Time. Um, <laughs> And, uh, yeah, I was going to hammer out a podcast based on, uh, the happenings of Supercrosses in, uh, in, in Las Vegas. We're, uh, just about two weeks out from that race, but nevertheless, do a little recap for those who weren't there. Um, so, uh, Chris, you, uh, you were down there and, uh, you went there for the, for the Supercross and you were there. You had an awesome, uh, time. Great seats. Uh, what was your favorite part about the Saturday, uh, watching both practice and hanging out in the pits and stuff like that? What was uh, uh, something that, that was really memorable for you? Oh, you know, I, I think one of the standout moments, I <laughs> it, it would have to be uh, sit, sitting down in front of that, uh, that single that they had after that sweeper and uh through that that kind of rough uh section there a single with no hopes of of doubling or 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 <laughs> or, or or linking it to anything and watching the guys you know i saw codis in practice i think he might i think he was probably the first guy that uh that i saw i mean i i was really paying attention to that section and he he absolutely he sent that thing man and uh, it was the Codis, and the, he sent it once. He was checking it out. Both and, the, the Stewarts were doing the same. And yeah, and then <clears throat> Mal, 
Malcolm, watching Malcolm in the race up up until he endowed, but uh but man, he was he was impressive as hell off that thing and uh and and then uh, of course the two Honda guys, uh Kennard and Barsha, those dudes scared me, man. That Barsha was he's that he's he's fun to watch. Yeah, for <clears throat> for sure and, and I noticed because uh, I was on the direct opposite side but staring at that and it looked like nobody knew what to do because there was nothing really to do. You could kind of triple in on those little bumps and get on the gas early or just air it out. But most of the time, you know, you're going to land in a rut or on something and half case it. But it seemed like the guys that either launched it and like landed wheeling type of thing was the fastest way. But you can't do that every lap just to gain the tiniest little amount, you know. Oh yeah, absolutely. It, it was sketchy. I mean, watching those guys, and I saw Canard when in I think it was the heat race. Uh, I don't I, if if I'm yeah. correct, it was it was the heat race. I think it was where yeah, he, landed, where he almost he looped was, it for sure. Yeah, he almost looped out and ran into the back of uh, Villapoto, and uh, that was I mean, it was just wild to watch. Those guys are on another level, and uh, and I I think and then another thing that that probably stands out is uh, myself and a and a and a small panel of uh, professional uh, pro class bench racers were were sitting up in the stands watching uh, watching practice, and uh, we saw uh, Malcolm again uh, go down and practice off the finish line. And I guess the wind caught him, and and that was it was pretty dirty, but uh, <laughs> just like just like all of these, you know, he, the stewards, he, he got up and 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 got back on his bike and kept going. But that you know, well, that's that's the more durable of the stewards. <laughs> Yeah, well, yeah, yeah I think he, so. he probably left an imprint in the ground, dreads and all, and just got yeah. up, dust himself off. Or that Troy Lee gear is just too fluorescent for anything to even stick to it anyway. So he just gets <laughs> up, walks to his bike. You know, it just starts because it's scared of him. It doesn't want it to kick him over. You know, that hurt <laughs> and on his way. But no, it's it's true. Yeah. Any of those crashes in qualifying are impressive if the three-digit guys are not. Like the speed they're going and the height they're going on some of those jumps, like no matter what, it's usually not going to end good, you know. Oh, absolutely, and and you know, I I guess we'll find out how durable uh, Malcolm really is here and see if he can, yeah, how he how he fares with with twenty four motos here this summer on a on a four fifty. I'm really looking forward to seeing how he does. I'm I'm excited. And uh, of course, I'm I'm a, I'm a, I'm a Mookie fan, though, right? So, so I'm I'm excited to see how things go for him. Well, and and I think he should do good because being James Stewart's brother, riding with that caliber of guys <clears throat> is a major step. That say some guys, just a normal average Joe coming off of a privateer team, he's going to have to get used to that. But since he was born any day he wants, he can walk out and ride with one of the best, you know? So I don't think he's going to be scared when he's running top three, gets a good start type of situation as much as some other guys would. And he obviously has the size. He's not going to get bounced around as easy. I think he's going to have a blast out there, especially, you know, it's always been said that the 250 guys, when they hop up onto the bigger bike, they kind of beg the crap out of it and they get a good couple of races just because they're still riding on that edge. But I think Mookie's in a different situation where he already has the size where sometimes those guys don't, where he might be able to hang on to it. But like you're saying, 24 motos in the outdoors is 24 motos. But uh, 
I think it'd be easier for him on the 450 than on a 250, just trying to work it so hard just to keep up with all those 125-pound little pukes, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, You know, another guy that I'm looking at, again, no. Oh, you're roboting. Hello? You, yeah. guys, got, you guys got me now? Yeah, yeah, we can hear you. Oh, that's one of the problems with living out in the country, man. If you want to have... You want to have land to ride on. You got to live out in the country where there's bad cell service. Exactly. That both. I'm talking to two guys who have uh, uh, motocross tracks in their backyard slash front yard and uh, and and bad cell service. So um, yeah, we're dealing <laughs> with it, but it's all good. Yeah, yeah. Like I was saying, though, I, I, you know, I'm I'm curious to see how Tomac uh, fares this summer. I mean, well, he's going to miss the first two nationals. Yeah, he's hurt yeah. right now. But yeah, for right. sure, I I think he would have been on everyone's radar for a definite top five. Um, but that kind of sucks. He went into a Supercross and he crashed right in front of me at Anaheim in the heat and ran out with the shoulder. Then he had to kind of come back behind the gun and, you know, fix his, like, set up his bike properly. He's already a couple rounds down. And I think it's going to be a little bit of that same situation in outdoors where even once he gets back, it's going to take two or three rounds to get up to full Tomac confidence and speed. Right, right. Yeah, when that guy, when it's looking for that dude, he he moves. And and I'm looking forward to seeing how things go once <clears throat> once he gets used to, to riding that. that well, I mean, he's got to be used to it, but but once he gets in race condition, uh, yeah. with with that that bike. But where do you guys see Canard? Yeah, where do you guys see Canard this summer? Because that's another guy that I've been, you know, I I if if he can if he can stay healthy, I'm I I see him up there. If if Trey Canard can stay healthy, and the last time he did stay healthy for an entire outdoor season, he was crowned champion on the 250. And albeit he had to ha- he got that uh, championship by the way of uh, Purcell. Um, I believe he broke a wrist to, to for that to happen, but nevertheless, he's he's got the speed. Will he have the consistency and the ability to stay healthy the entire outdoor season? I don't know. Well, but remember last he, if, year he did that on the four fifties. He only missed like one round. Yeah, but he still missed a round. Like, well, yeah. okay, well, where did he end up last year? For fourth, fifth, right fourth? Of Yeah, that's right where he belongs. Eh? Well, exactly, yeah. and I think. <clears throat> that's a solid run for him. Maybe this year I could and see that's with him. Villapoto there. Ex- so, exactly. So with Villapoto gone, I could see him being top three all the time. You know, that's his goal. Obviously he's not going to do it every time, but there's no reason why it can't be him up there battling with Dungey and Barsha and who people aren't fully putting credit on who I think is going to win Glen Hillen, uh, Ken Roxon. You, you've got Roxon for, for Glen Helen, hey? Yeah. I, it's just because it's kind of a Euro track, like, you know, uphills, downhills, super hard pack. Um, people say he's beat. He's probably chilled out a bit and got back in a rocks and form. He won Anaheim. Like, I mean, it's not whatever. Like, everyone's picking Dungey, right? Yeah. We, we've talked about on this podcast show, and I don't know, I really think that there's a Dungey Roxon show going on inside the KTM pits. And if everyone's picking Dungey, Roxon's not going to let Dungey beat him. You know what I mean? He doesn't. He's going for kind of like that lead spot at KTM, anyways. Like I'm sure it's that way, whether well, he says that way he, or not. You know? 
until he's gone to RCH next year, I but, think yeah. he's kind of over it. Well, no, yeah. but I'm sure nobody likes to be second best at anything, especially a guy yeah. like Roxon who's the been a world guys. champion at 15 years old. Right. He's not used to being second at anything. So mm-hmm. if everyone's picking Dungey, which I'm sure that's the obvious go-to, Roxon's saying, fuck that, I'm going to hose this guy, and, um, you know, I can't see why he wouldn't. Well, what do you guys yeah, think agree about that? Uh, yeah, I I agree. What do you, what do you guys think oh, no, about Stewart? I'm not though, saying for, for the season. Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah. I I was just thinking for Glenn Helen. I mean, I, yeah. I I just I know Stewart's done well. I uh, the what was the last year they had a race there it was '09, I think. Yeah. Yeah, and and Stewart. I mean, he's always done well at Glen Helen. So I don't know. Yeah, well, the guy who won it that year uh, isn't isn't racing. That was Villapoto. He went one yeah. one on the day and. Uh, yeah. Uh, back in 2009, and unfortunately, uh, he won't be on the gate. Um, I would say, uh, honestly, I, I would I expect big things from the 800. Uh, that's his backyard, and if he pulls some good starts, uh, that hot tub that hot tub power machine uh, will <laughs> will will be able to uh, stay out front. He's uh, he's done well in the past. Uh, if not, I would honestly I, I expect big things from uh, Josh Grant. I don't know if his fitness is there to go the whole distance, but from what I've heard, he's going fast at the uh, at the, tra- at the practice tracks. Is Nicoletti still line? Sorry, go ahead. Is is, is is Nicoletti still lining up for JGR? Yeah, he's got yeah. the he's got the full summer with those guys. Okay, I wasn't sure. I I wasn't sure yeah. what was happening with select with... Supercross rounds and a full outdoor ride. Okay, See, like, I'm probably one of the biggest Josh Grant fans out there, and it would be great to see him kind of pull like a Millsaps last year in Supercross and just kind of out of nowhere run up there and win a bunch of rounds. And I think it could happen, you know, in a perfect world, but I wouldn't really bet money on it just because the way it happens, you know, and consistency is not key. And he's one of those guys that I was thinking about this with Stuart at Vegas. Um, You know, when Stuart pulls off and tries to figure stuff out, you know, Grant's one of those guys, it seems, that he crashes and he pulls off. Or crashes, he runs to the side of the track, like, away from his bike, you know? And that's not going to win you a championship. you got to be one of the guys, like, unless he's really good at it, unfortunately, you got to give him credit, for he crashes, he's running to his bike before he's stopped tumbling and, you know, get on and go. Where, you know, Stewart kind of gets to his bike slowly, pulls up the Kickstarter, takes a breath, kicks it over, you know? And then at the yeah. end of the race, he's half a second behind a guy where if he would have kind of got off his ass and got going faster, would have been a different story. But if you know what I mean, like Grant is kind of one of those guys, it seems like he will crash and hurt himself possibly, or he just doesn't have it in there every weekend, every moto. You know, he always does kind of good in one moto and then shits the bed in the next. And I mean, this is coming from probably one of the biggest Josh Grant fans there is. So it's hard to say that, you know, mm-hmm, totally. Yeah. Um, but before we before we break down the whole outdoors, um, um, let's let's get the the supercross out of the way. Uh, I know that's kind of old news already. We've uh, uh, it took us a while for everyone to uh, get back into the swing of things after our Vegas trip. I don't know uh, about you, Beach, but uh, I think only a couple of days ago was I starting to feel uh, uh, like back to normal from Vegas. How about yourself? Oh, that yeah, that was a hell of a weekend, and uh, I mean. Everything Getting in from, at 6 a.m. didn't help. No, 6 a.m. 
traveling all night. I think we we were we were partying on our way to the airport. It was yeah. uh, we had a we had a hell of a weekend. Had a good time. Uh, you know, hung out with a lot of people. Uh, saw <laughs> and saw some good some some good entertainment and uh, and we were you know we just had a hell of a time. So I mean, I can't wait to go back again next year. Excellent, excellent. Uh, yeah, that's that's going to be have to be a uh, a repeat offender for sure. Two thousand fourteen. Uh, let's absolutely uh, like or two thousand fifteen. Let's circle that one on the calendar and uh, make it happen. But let's jump straight into the West. Uh, the West main event. Uh, it was the final main event of the year. The championship uh, was clinched in that race, but uh, for the most part was already decided. Um, Cole Seeley had to win. Uh, Anderson had to get uh, sixth or better. Seeley did not get the start he needed, and I think because he came across a stripe fifth, he ended up fourth, only making a couple of passes as they shuffled around a little bit throughout the night. Um, not enough from Cole Seeley. He ends up fourth, but the win going to... Uh, Dean Wilson and a huge, uh, huge move forward for Cooper Webb, who led the majority of that main event. Yeah. Um, he led uh, seven laps, or no, eight laps, and Dean uh, led uh, seven of them. So uh, the bulk of them going to the youngster, the rookie. Uh, what do you guys think of Cooper Webb's ride before we start talking about Wilson? <clears throat> well, I think Webb was pretty impressive. It, I think he got the whole shot. That would have been right in front of you, Beach, right? Yeah, and yeah, he was well, hauling. Sorry. Oh yeah, I I was on the opposite side of the track from from where they they came down the start straight, but oh, uh, yeah, yeah, but yeah. yeah, he was he was you could he was clearly out front by the time they went off that uh, ski jump thing that they do there in Vegas every year. But and but, and it yeah. looked like Wilson Wilson wasn't in a huge rush to mess with him because the track was greasy. Uh, I don't know if they just watered it or groomed it before that, but they're kind of timid rolling around because a lot of guys weren't doing the triple-triple section for the first couple laps even, not just the first one. But Webb seemed to have that dialed, and it led to him kind of pulling away a little bit. But it looked like Wilson wasn't really pushing hard, and when it got to them dicing, like they even came to a stop in that corner right in front of us, and he's like, hey, you go, you okay, I'll go, you know. So just that showed that Wilson wasn't out there to kill. He figured, you know, I'll work on this kid, something will happen, or I'll, by the end of the race, I'll be in front of him, no big deal. And I think Webb was getting really pumped up when he'd pass him, and then Wilson would just kind of like back up a bit, find another spot, and pass him again. So, uh you know, I think good on Wilson to just kind of chill out just to make sure that he had the win. But Webb did ride unbelievable, uh, you know, being a rookie and not really making a huge splash this year. That must feel good going into the outdoors, running with the top guys and, you know, going into next year's Supercross, you know, with the feeling that I battled with Wilson at the last race. I bat- raced with him. I can do this, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it was that track was after the when they had it prepped for the mains uh, uh, right before the night show. It was they had uh, they'd really they'd fluffed up that one section before the single. They they'd watered it down. There was some oh, it was sloppy. Yeah, and there was some good ruts in the belly bellies of those uh, between in the rhythm section. There was those triple triples there. 
And yeah, that, and even that that double triple right in front of you, Beach, after the uh, that kind of that wall jump. Yeah. There's a huge couple. Like there's a if you looked closely, you could see a shit ton of ruts uh, when they double in, triple out. Uh, they that was. Um, that was definitely something that they had to navigate every single lap. Not not easy to do, uh, and the so- it's funny soil in there. Like uh, I saw, even a lot of the 450 guys in that um, when they when they're going two three 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 two uh, along the second straightaway, like guys were even struggling to get over top of this the first three. Like uh, the like after the double at in, they were going over those two tabletops. Uh, and like some of the guys were struggling to get the uh, the drive. Oh, dude, there there was in practice. They were again same thing. The track was it was dry, and they were trying to get water into it. And and uh, and there was guys going down there. Uh, it was it seemed to be a hot spot for for dudes going going down. And uh, and it was tricky. I I don't think that I think it was one of those sections where it doesn't look bad. Uh, from from looking at it from a distance, but I think if you're on the bike, I I, I mean, just judging by what I saw, anyway, it it must yeah. have been. I'm assuming it was one of those deals where it, it just it, it had to have been harder than it looked. <laughs> well, yeah, it I'm, looked tricky, like the when you doubled in, triple out, because you want to try and go into that with some speed, yeah. but you come off of that first takeoff, and you basically have to like go out far enough, but then drop into that rut and drop into that valley to. To triple out, it wasn't easy. That was a very technical uh, little section there going well, into that uh, I th- right-hander. I think a lot of people's lives got saved by the fact that when they would seat balance and not make it, they were landing on top of the table. You know, they obviously yeah. did it on purpose where the middle ones were tabletops, so it was an absolute instant death when you came up a little bit short if you tried to triple in or double in and then triple. So obviously they thought that out. And I'm sure there was some pretty heavy-duty imprints in the top of those tabletop landing takeoffs, whatever the heck you want oh, to yeah. call them. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. Getting back to the uh, the 250, the 250 West main event. Just noticing that uh, kind of a funny phenomenon. Um, all of the riders in 14th and higher were two-digit numbers, and everyone backwards of that was a, a three-digit number. Of course, three-digit numbers are completely random. Um, so none of the riders who uh, um, who weren't holding a national number were able to pick off any of the guys uh, who sported that national number. Um, Dakota Tedder being the uh, the furthest back, he actually had a terrible start, picked his way through to, to get up to 14th. Good ride from him. Uh, Moto Concepts rider, uh, that, that uh, um, the rider that they took on halfway through the series, uh, Colton, Colton Echt, he uh, ended up 20th, uh, scores the, the one point. Oh, I guess all of them score uh, the one point after uh, 19th position. Um, Jake Canada with a good ride in 10th. Uh, but uh, what do you guys think about Malcolm Stewart? I think uh, he started out the night. Um, he qualified third. He came across a stripe on the first lap in seventh, but uh, moved himself up into fifth and, um, yeah, rounded out the top five. Yeah, I, I think, yeah, he was he was going for it. I mean, watching him ride was was probably one of the, even in practice, he he looked like he was going for it. He looked like he was feeling it. And, uh, and I, I don't know if it was maybe because, uh, because of the, of course I was, 
during the mains, I was I was sitting in that section, like I said, in front of that single, and and I don't know if it has something to do with him being a Florida boy and riding in that loose sand and stuff like that. If if that's part of why he was so comfortable in there, but uh, but there was a noticeable difference in speed between him and and uh, pretty much I I I I think I would have to say pretty much the rest of the field as far as the two fifties go anyway. Yeah, he was moving. Uh, he was on the gas in a big way, um, and uh, hit him and uh, him and Webb really impressed me. Like uh, I don't know about you guys, but Cooper Webb really made a statement in that race. Uh, he hung up there at front. He grabbed that hole shot. Uh, qualified eighth, which isn't great in a in a field that's already predetermined. Um, and he goes ahead and uh, and sticks his nose in there and and fought it to the very end. And honestly, uh, I'm not sure uh, your vantage point to it, Beach, but to watch him split those two um, lappers on the final lap to try and make a last ditch effort at uh, making a move on Dean Wilson, um, that takes some serious guts. And uh, he wore his heart on his sleeve the entire moto. Yeah, that took some serious commitment. He, uh, <laughs> I know, like I said, uh, I, watching that from from my vantage point, of course, I was I was down real low. We were, you know, we were down in, uh, right at, at track level, basically, and uh, and you could see, you could tell there was the intensity levels of of, of some guys were it would it would come through. You could see it quite easily at uh, you know at that at that level, and uh, and like I said when. Uh, or like you said, when, when Cooper was, when he split those two lappers, that was something that, uh, that, I mean, you could hear the crowd in our area. Everybody was yelling about it and, uh, he was going for it and he, he put in a hell of an effort. Yeah, excellent. I, I, I couldn't agree more. I was really impressed. What'd you think, Chris? Well, yeah, I think Webb, Webb was killing it and he was definitely going for it, but Wilson had it. You know, it's tough to say that Wilson didn't know exactly what he was doing and letting it happen. And I'm not trying to take it the right away from Webb. He was going there, but Wilson was next level. He had that race unlocked. Um, good to see Hill get third before he ended up winning the other one. Like, Hill was flying. He didn't get the start that, uh, that these, well, yeah, I guess it says it's, he started in third, but they kind of left him right off the start and he kind of rode around, but solid ride by Hill. Seeley, it did, really didn't look like he gave a shit that whole race. He was just out there trying to finish and get points. I don't know if he was hurt or something, but he started in eighth and ended up in fourth. So he just wanted to beat Anderson. I think he knew the win was gone. Like the front guys kind of checked out there. And Anderson was just watching Sealy, making sure he wasn't too far up. I watched his GoPro footage online, and you could tell he was just head checking every time in the direction of uh, Mr. Cole Sealy. So those guys kind of just rolled around, knew the championship was going to happen, or you know, kind of let it happen. But uh, yeah, you're right. Stewart looked like he was going that race, and with that super bright Troy Lee gear they had on. It was kind of hard not to watch those guys just because your eyes yeah. naturally, you know, shit's as bright as the sun. So you just, I'm going to stare at that for a while. But the rest of the class, pretty much after Jay Canada 10th, Michael Liebs got champion. <clears throat> they were just putting in laps. Like you could see out there. Oh, it, sure. it just fell off uh, fast. I don't think we really need to talk about that race anymore. Exactly. Let's uh, so go ahead. Oh, nothing. I, I was just going to say. I, I think I'd have to, 
you know, I, of course, I got to be the, the the guy that goes against the grain. But, uh, but yeah. I, I think <laughs> I think Sealy was trying that. I mean, I was from from where where I was. I mean, the dude looked like he was he was still. I I okay. I'll give you this. Maybe not the last couple laps, but uh, but he looked like he was still trying to stay low as he could off the off the jumps and 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 going through the rhythm sections. He he looked like he was still putting in a hell of an effort, and uh, and I I don't I don't think he phoned it in, man. No, no, no. That's, that's not what I was saying. I just mean he wasn't going for the win. You know, he was okay. just okay, going yeah, once yeah. he found a spot. He was just going for okay. I'm here. Let's ride it out and. Um, but then again, I could be totally wrong. I was fucking hammered at that point. But, uh, <laughs> like, it just, I was, I was watching him and Anderson, I think, what I was, um, my brain's telling me. And he wasn't. Re- Yo, you're still there? Hello? The fuck? Oh, dude, I, I lost it, man. The, the service with, you know, my, my provider here is, is, is bad, dude. And, I keep my wife says it's the right one, but I don't know. I I, I think I'd have to disagree, and, and but I don't want to tell her because I'm scared of her, man. She's mean. I would be too. She's pretty intense, but uh, <laughs> definitely still a sweetheart. Um, yeah, we we uh, we we hold no grudges, and uh, it's totally fine if we drop you a few calls. We'll try not to drop you on your head. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I would agree. I would agree with you, uh, Beach. I think that uh, Seely. Put in his best effort, but I think at the point of uh, sometimes it's just not your night, and I think he acknowledged that. I think he had, at some point in the race he decided to just get his best finish possible, let the chips fall where they may. Uh, like who knows? Like he needed to either win the race and Seely or uh, Anderson get fifth. But if something <clears throat> catastrophic had happened to Anderson at some point during the night, the championship still would have been his as long as he puts in his best effort. So. Um, I think he still put in put in some solid laps, but at the end of the day, it just wasn't enough. Let's move straight on to the East race, which was uh, won by someone who didn't even qualify the first race. Uh, I'm not even sure if how many times that's happened or if that's ever happened before. I hope not. Um, but uh, Millville, Minnesota's Jeremy Martin, J-Mart, no, uh, better known as, uh, he runs the number 19 for the... Um, Start for him and see if he can challenge. <laughs> <laughs> I was pumped to watch Supercross. There you go. Um, yeah, it's uh, Jer- Jeremy Martin. He's on the uh, Star Racing Yamaha team, and you know what? The Yamahas were flying. The like the arguably their two best nights in, in Supercross for both coasts. Uh, Jeremy taking the win, and Cooper uh, leading the most amount of laps in the uh, the West main event. Uh, what do you guys think got into uh, Jeremy Martin? I Mellon? think definitely those bikes sounded good. Those Yamahas, uh, I want to ride one bad. <clears throat> like, not only just the stock one, but, like, their bike. If you had uh, the Kawasaki of Baggett, you know, fill in the blanks, whoever, and their Yamaha, I think I'd want to ride theirs just because those guys pull starts like crazy, and they just sound so good. Like, I would want to ride that more than any bike, which sounds kind of random. But they just, it looks like they got them going. And let's be honest here. If those brothers, no matter what team they're on, like they're not trading bikes and figuring out kind of what the best situation is, and that's what they're going to run, you know, which it, that can't hurt. And 
good ride on Martin. We all know he's fast. We all know he has the stamina. He works with Carmichael's mom, who cannot be yeah. easy on anyone, I'm sure. Yeah. And putting a race together and winning it, that's got to feel great after kind of blowing it in the first two rounds. And just everyone knew he blew it. Like it wasn't the people had him pegged to be a champion for the potentially, and then you don't qualify. So good on him to get that race win. That must have felt great. And that was cool when he was lapping his brother on the final lap there. You see they gave the, each other kind of the arm pump, you know, which uh, I thought was kind of neat. And but he which That means he lapped up in <clears> seventh. Yeah, no, like he was hauling. Yeah, he was <clears> on that, the move. Uh, I watched the 450s again on the internet and same as Villapoto, he was dialing in that triple triple rhythm section every lap. Same with Martin, and that's what it took. And if that adds up, really, it was one or two seconds each lap, rather than double 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 all the way through that section like a fucking boner. Oh, it was week. night and day. Like I'm yeah. not sure if you guys noticed how fast that Dean Wilson. I know we're going back to that race, but when he would, he was making up time on Webb when Webb wasn't able to do that rhythm section. Oh, we're yeah. talking not even just bike length. Like we're talking almost a second over that one straightaway. So uh, well, that was and key, where, and uh, Martin being able to do that was. Too. Yeah, yeah. Do you think that? Do you guys think that the East uh, benefited from going second? Who knows? You know what I mean? Well, yeah, I probably. But the track was just bullshit anyway. So like, they all were riding torture. So one yeah. to the other. You know, I think it got to. They got to haul down the first couple laps a little bit harder. But really, that track, it didn't look like anyone was too impressed on going out there at any time of the day. You know. Yeah, that uh, track and, was uh, beat from start to finish, I think, man. Yeah. Uh, the whole shot went to Justin Bogle, the guy with the red plate, uh, stormed out <laughs> onto the track, uh, proceeded to, to lead the first five laps, and then uh, once the pass was made on Martin, it was uh, whipper tails, and just uh, basically the celebration was on. I can imagine that Bogle probably tied one on that evening. Um, but, um, yeah, the celebration started from lap five and, uh, just right in front of, uh, where you were at beach, that's where the pass was made. Um, did you, did you see a notable change in his uh, aggression after that? Well, I thought he, you know, Bogle watching Bogle is an impressive thing Uh, up, up close on a super cross track. That's a, that's a hell of a deal. And, uh, and man, after, after he did make the pass, he came, I think it, it was right in that sweeper. He come through the sweeper and made the pass right there, and uh, and and it was. I mean, it was. It looked like. I mean, it, it looked like, you know, he wasn't holding back at all. Anyway, he he didn't. It looked like situation normal. He was just. He was going for the win and wasn't wasn't uh, wasn't. He didn't look like he was holding back at all. He looked like his, his typical self, and it was it was fun to watch that guy. He he's he's a good guy to. He's entertaining to watch ride a bike, and that's that's what I like about Bogle. For sure, like he and even people always give him like the leg swag and this. That's just a natural thing that he does, and it seems like he's always moving on the bike. But he picks different lines, and I was watching him on this one jump when there was nobody around, and every lap, like where he didn't really have to pick different lines, he was still hitting 
six inches to the left, six inches to the left, six inches to the left. And I don't know if he was doing it on purpose or if the jump before it was kicking him weird or whatever. It didn't look like it. But, like, we all know when you find a jump, you usually try to hit that same line every lap just, you know, for whatever confidence or, you know. (laughs) And and this guy is just out there riding around and just hitting (laughs) totally different lines every lap. but And he's still looking around the air, like, totally confident in himself which uh that's that riding style that he has is just of utmost confidence like he's hammering corners he's already looking the other way before he's pivoted and then he pivots just super fast in a foot of area and he's going the other way at Mach 10 like and, and he, he just corners I think speed. you're right I think you're right with the confidence Chris cuz he that I mean he just looks even I I know it's 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 a a, a dorky you know, uh, observation, but even when he went down in practice and, yeah, uh, in Vegas, yeah, and he was mad at himself. Yeah. yeah. Like, he's like, he what did, the fuck, man? Like, you know, he, he said, what the fuck, you know? Yeah. He didn't look rattled at all. He looked like he was like, you know, thinking to himself, what the fuck, you know, yeah. <laughs> what was yeah. that? So yeah, I, 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 I like that dude. And for sure. He knew where he had to place. he, battled it out for a bit and he kind of got run into after that um double double the 450s or triple single and then that big sweeping right kind of before your section there beach and he kind of got run into there and you see and he gassed it then he's like yeah fuck it i'm just gonna chill out in second place throw some whips and uh have a good time in vegas you know and it's kind of good to see he almost has the attitude of like an old school champion it seems you know, he throws whips for no reason at all. Weird, imagine that, you know. And I think with that us being so starved of that in Supercross lately, that's where he's building his fans as well. Like, A, he's got, um, like, Wyndham-esque in a different way, just natural, confident style. And B, he throws tricks and does cool things and one-handers and stuff. And... You know, and he wins races too, so that can. And dude, this is coming from a guy who was injured that Geico got a replacement rider for that got injured and then he won the championship. Like, and he had a number one on iTunes rap album while he's winning this championship. Like, tell me this guy isn't just killing it at life, you know? It, it's been a good month for Justin Bogle, like, or it's been a very good few months. And after coming out from a broken back in December, ends up having to race a different coast than he was intending on. Go comes back and uh, uh, and wins a championship. That's kind of um, a little bit storybook, to be honest. It's pretty cool. Um, Matt Bashalia, the the ninety six machine um, at uh, uh, the Weatherford, Texas. He ends up getting um, third place, his best and finish, herpes. his first podium. He yeah. probably got herpes later on that weekend. Um, <laughs> not entirely sure which Monster Girl served that one up, but no, nevertheless. No, he paid for it too as a hooker. We're in Vegas. Come on. Okay, right. Exactly. <laughs> I paid people for that. got to him. Flick, 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 and there you got herpes. Way to go. Yeah. yeah $49. Uh, you can get 40, yeah. for, for 49 bucks. you can get herpes in Vegas. Yeah. You can get that for free here in Transcona. I would not doubt that. Um, uh, but, Con- but Shigley, I think we were talking about with uh, the New York, New Jersey round, whatever you want to call it. <clears throat> um, running up front where he, like, that leads to you running up front again and feeling that that's your spot now. And I think we've seen a little bit of that 
where he, you know, he was going up there and he didn't feel like, hey, now's my time to fall back. He's like, no, 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 I can stay here or maybe battle with these guys and move forward for a bit. So I think uh, his mindset has changed to be uh, that next level type of guy, whether that's the way it's going to be next year or not. But I think in his mind now, he thinks he is that guy. Definitely. I think uh, that's a good confidence booster, a great ride for uh, a lot of the uh, um, the rookies. I guess um, with the, the West main event, you had uh, both uh, Josh Hill, he's uh, second year pro uh, in the class, uh, Cooper Webb, his first year in Supercross, and then you have Bichelia, who's uh, racing his first uh, race in Supercross. So uh, a good showing from some of the guys who will be contenders for next year. Um, rounding out your top five is uh, Kyle Cunningham, who's actually on a 2013 Calis- or, uh, Honda um, from Moto Concepts. Is what they like uh, they uh, actually. I, I, I talked to uh, the other guy who rounded out the top five, Jimmy Dakotas at Grunthal on uh, last Saturday, and he did remark that it is good contingency, but he did also add that uh, not only is it very easy to come by the parts uh, that needed to uh, allow these things to, to do what they do, um, there's a lot of there's a lot more dealers to approach for support uh, from week to week to week. Um, so uh, that is one of the reasons why the... Uh, they, the, a lot of privateers have gone to the Honda as well as it just being a really solid package. They're good bikes. Um, uh, Dakotas, uh, he's ridden, uh, Hondas for a long period of time, both the two stroke and the four stroke and, uh, originally racing Suzuki's as he came off of, um, uh, off of amateurs. So yeah, he's, he's seen a lot of success with that bike and, uh, he rounds out the top five. What do you guys think about James Dakotas, uh, putting it in the top five? I was, I was happy to watch Jimmy. You, you know that that guy. I think all year long you could kind of see how he he was. Uh, he started out as a what was he about a say he was somewhere around the top ten guy. I don't remember exactly. Uh, yeah, and and uh, and by the end of the year here he ended up in Vegas with a with a top five, and uh, and of course what the the week before that was it. Uh, in uh, Jersey or New York or like whatever you want to call it, he uh, he was running in the lead for what did he he won his heat and uh, won his heat he was running I said what did did he get the whole shot in in uh, in Jersey too yeah in the main yeah, yeah. yeah he won the whole shot and you know I I think I think his con that had to have helped his confidence and now and yeah. then he comes out in Vegas and runs ends up with a top five. And uh, he looked great. He looked good in practice. He looked good in the race. And uh, you know, I'm I'm happy for the guy. Yeah, and he's got he's got that good style. Like he's you can tell he's fast, you know. And that's what all these guys apparently are looking for. He's a good starter, but you know, it just seems like random shit always happens. And looking at the points, uh, just think of the team. You know, we're all friends with Jimmy. Went over and talked to him. He was in a black van, right, with air conditioning yeah. cranked just to cool out because it was fucking hot that day <clears throat> so first place justin bogle geico honda martin davalos pro circuit Cali, vince freese you know he is top privateer third place good on him but you know i think he's still getting some support on many levels right uh 
Kyle Cunningham, then Adam Cinturillo, Blake Baggett, then James Dakotas. So if you take out all the legit teams, like I know most of the big teams probably don't look at the East Coast for talent, but easy, he's One there. <laughs> but, you know, who who else is it going to be once those guys, a couple of them move out, you know, he's setting himself up for one of those next-level rides. And I think it only makes sense for someone to pick him up and give him a go of it. Like, he's uh, the consistency that he had this year was great. And to think that with a little bit more support that he can't get, you know, two, three places up, run kind of three, four, five, no problem, maybe get some wins, right? Uh, I don't think that's just us being unrealistic because, you know, we like the guy. Absolutely. No, yeah, we're obviously he's friends of the show. Uh, he's friend, personal friends of both of us. So, uh, we, we do back James. Uh, Jimmy Dakotas is one of, uh, my favorite riders on the East for sure. Uh, good to see him inside that top five. Um, other notables, of course, uh, Gannon Audette, uh, missed some main events this year, but, uh, and he started 22nd. Um, Wait, that was, no, Jackson Richardson started 22nd, moved all the way up to ninth place, but Gannon on debt coming back with a very good uh, position from uh, Tallahassee, Florida. Um, Vince Freeze actually didn't have the greatest of nights starting out uh, in the 10th place, or, yeah, he started out in, he had, he had a crash there, ended up coming back to uh, 10th place, still ends up getting third in, in points. Um Cotton Zero had a decent night, and um, the Radio Shack um, rider of Jacob Bermont, or uh, Bomert, like uh, the 91 machine, all blacked out Radio Shack ride. Uh, the, 90, the 91 looking good out there, as well as our good friend Justin Starling. He must have been thinking about uh, that brand new skateboard that you gave him, because uh, the the land, uh, Florida native, sixteenth uh, in in points or sixteenth on the night, and uh, I think he probably could have done a little bit better than that. But nevertheless, a great ride from Justin Starling. Well, see, when I was talking to him beforehand, it was really really tight in points there. He finished off twenty first with thirty three. Jesse Wentland thirty four. Levi Kilbarger thirty five. Kyle Peters forty. Um, but I think it was even, you know, he was going, if he beat Mitchell Oldenburg and, you know, Jackson Richardson, a bunch of the people who finished ahead of him, obviously, like, I think he would have moved up to about 18th or something in points. And right. um, so it was a really, really tight in there. You know, it goes 30, 31, 33, 34, 35. Um, he was really going for uh, a good finish to finish off the year. But... uh and talking to him too, I think it's time for a lot of these guys' bikes to his bike. He said every eight hours, it's got to get totally redone. And He's the on eight point or seven point eight, yeah, seven point eight in qualifying. So they're like, "Hey, huh. don't do anything you don't have to do if you want to qualify for this thing." And you know, put in some hard laps. But I don't know. I think that's kind of funny how they do. They plan it out literally that. Last race at Vegas, you can just burn that engine because it's done. No kidding. Uh, not a great night from Matt Lemoyne, uh, the Kawasaki rider. He starts off fourth. He blows a shock. And, um, yeah, done a great ride. Kyle Bitterman, though, he had a great ride. 20th place. I think it's the only main he made all year. I think it was kind of a one-off thing. But, uh, yeah, good ride. Okay. What uh, What did you think about that race there, uh, there at Beach? Uh, Sorry, buddy, you were cutting out. I actually didn't hear you. 
I, it doesn't matter. I'll, We're talking about 15th to 20th place in the East. We can just fucking fast forward <laughs> on to the next one. Nobody oh, cares. Well, hey, oh, you know what? Oh, I have this to say to both of you. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you know what? If you want to talk, I, I did hear you mention Catanzaro, uh, though. Uh, mm-hmm. He went down in practice hard. And, uh, oh, yeah. And I, yeah. And I saw... I saw him at his truck after, and uh, and he did not look good, man. I I didn't think that he was going to be racing that, uh, that night. Well, he he came in limping to begin with because he was already pretty banged up before the night, and then he had that get off in practice. I didn't think he was going to race. Yeah, I didn't think so either, man. I think that guy should get the Ironman award because uh, I saw him trying to walk to the truck. Hell, he couldn't even hardly get off his bike, and uh, and uh, I was impressed to see him out there. Absolute. Uh, that's uh, that's the East main event, and uh, one easy, as they call it. I'm not sure if uh, if Justin Bogle is going to be running uh, that number next year or if he goes off to the West. But before we uh, talk any more about that, it's time for the Tech One Designs Word Association with <clears throat> Chris Beach. Chris, are you ready for some uh, some rapid fire uh, word association? Let's do it. Be All right. afraid. Be very afraid. Um, <laughs> starting off, the first 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 uh, thing on the list: X brand goggles. Clear, buddy. Steel ramps. A what? Steel ramps. Steel <laughs> ramp tramps. Bud Light. Oh, buddy, piss. Heel clickers. Old school. Unicorn. Love them. Panic Rev. Uh, <laughs> uh, that's, that's me. Uh, video games. Don't, don't like them. Lee Stewart. Uh, pretty. Breaking Bumps. Can't stand them. Las Vegas. Fun. Mookie Stewart. Uh, pardon me? What? Mookie Stewart. Oh, Mookie. <laughs> Hair. Monster Girls. Divorce. <laughs> <laughs> Goon Riding. Uh, every day. Hard Rock. Party. And that is the Tech One Designs Word Association Rapid Fire uh, with Chris Beach. Excellent, excellent job. Uh, would you mind throwing it to commercial for us? Alrighty. Let's go to a commercial on the Big MX show. You're listening to it right here. Stay tuned. If it was baseball, his rookie card would be worth a small fortune. If it was football, Every kid would be wearing his jersey. But Jeremy McGrath had other plans. To take a motorcycle and to show the world how far your dreams can take you. Do you like stuff or possibly things? 
How about a huge selection of motocross and street bike gear from apparel brands like Troily Designs, Alias, Icon, and power bands every single color you can think of? How about 25 years of custom suspension and motor service for a full service shop, all of which you can find at Capital Motorsports? Mention this Big MX podcast to receive a VP gas can with spout for only $40, as well as 100% off your next set of motocross tires. Just kidding, we can't back that up, but ask for about it anyway. Check out Capital Motorsports at 157 St. Anne's Road, Winnipeg, Manitoba, or call them not so toll free at 204 237 6686. My formula for success, provide the best equipment and you'll naturally attract the best riders. For over 10 years, Thor and Pro Circuit have been a winning team. Winning is a result of hard work and dedication. That's what Pro Circuit believes and that's what Thor believes. My team, my choice. Make your way down to Westside Honda Polaris and check out the brand new Honda Grom. Honda's revolutionary 125cc fuel-injected mini-moto ultimate weapon. A must-see for all motocross enthusiasts. From the Grom to the usual suspects like the CBR600RR, CRF450R, Westside Honda Polaris of Suffolk, Manitoba has you covered. Check them out on the web at westsidehonda.ca. Call toll-free at one 888 4827782 What's wrong, Jeff? I don't know, Jay. Well, you better fuel up with a nutritious breakfast with Oats and Bran. Oats and Bran? I didn't think there was such a That's what I used to think. Now, I start out every morning with a bowl of Amigos. For extreme kids like us. That's what I call fueling for the big ride. Hey kids, start out every morning with a fat bowl. Beautiful, we're back uh, after those commercials. Thanks for throwing it to commercial for us there, Beach. Uh, we're back and we're going to talk straight into the uh, the East-West shootout. And I'm not too sure uh, how you guys feel about this race, but they need to do something to... Um, to up the amount of fucks given by any of the 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 four the the uh, these these two fifty guys, uh, I saw. Like, I, I watched it. I didn't. We we left before the this this gate even dropped uh, to try and uh, beat the line for cabs. But I watched this on online, and uh, I couldn't believe how many guys were way off the pace. The only guys who were inside that were throwing down one hundred nines were the first four guys. 
after that, the, 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 the laps dropped off. Um, you had guys inside the top 10 that were running 114s, five seconds a lap off the pace inside the top 10 when the two coasts merge together. In my opinion, that just shows me that these guys truly do not care about this race. What do they need to do to, uh, to add some, uh, excitement, add a little bit of, uh, flair to well, this race? Because there's nothing there. Well, it's all about either personal gain is why everyone does everything, right? And there's no championship yeah. bonuses. Uh, they're barely paid out for this. Um, pending, Toyota used to give a truck. That's always a good idea. But I think they should give you kind of like the Monster Energy Cup. You win a million dollars. This you win a Monster Girl. Like I'm not talking <laughs> one of the like name brand Monster Girls. Like you know the beat one that's like you know following them all around that they just keep around because whatever she puts up with shit. But like yeah. auction off her and you know and even if the guy's got a girl, make him fucking wash your fucking socks and moto underwear and stuff like that. You know that'd be hilarious. Yeah. And washing so the underwear. You get, you get the couple hours with the monster girl and why don't they say like we're in vegas you could do anything be like you get a night here a, a night here like you know make it worth something where these guys can actually put down some laps or take a money event and every lap you lead you get a thousand bucks let's say uh, right so then I, these guys are gonna go and try to battle it i believe i i think that's actually an interesting thing yeah that beach Oh, no, I was going to say anybody outside the top five has to do track prep, track prep for the 450s with shovels. Like that guy with the monster helmet on running out with the shovel and making sure that section yeah. was just mint, yeah. Yeah, See, oh, absolutely. Yeah. That's a helmet. And Ken, I'm not being fucking a jerk here, but why don't they just hire a bunch of Mexicans from Home Depot to have shovels and just keep <laughs> each section of... You know, you get this 20 by 20, and all you got to do is sit there with a shovel, and when there's anything wrong with it, you run out there and you shut. They'll be like, man, that's awesome. Let's do this, you know. And they could have these tracks in perfect prep no matter what just by driving through Home Depot and California's parking lot. Yeah, you don't like you don't have to pay them. Just promise, like, give them an empty promise of, like, a... Um, uh, Dude, a, just flats like and a, flats of monster. All the monster they can drink and put in their pockets, a t-shirt, a hat, and, uh, you know, 50 green bucks. Card. Let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> and a green card. No, but, um, but really, nobody cared about this event. Like, Jimmy said he got hit in the nuts with a rock, so he pulled off. Because, like, what's the point of rolling around and getting out of the top 10 he, in a race that who cares about? Right? Yeah, he only... he Jimmy only uh, completed... Three laps, which was one lap more than Malcolm Stewart, because he had his crash. Um, Malcolm then, was uh, going for it at the start of this, being that this was the last yeah. time he was ever going to be on a 250. I think he really wanted to so. make a splash, and he made a splash. Yeah, he, he definitely splashed. That, yeah. that dude, that's one guy that you can say was given all kinds of fucks, because I, yeah. I saw him, and he was trying his ass off, and uh, and yeah, he went down in a ball of flames. <laughs> Yeah, we didn't go out to the Hard Rock, but I, I heard I heard uh, later on that he was uh, suffering in his uh, his attempts to enjoy himself uh, at the after party. Yeah, I, well, so he was. We saw him at the after party a uh, little bit, little bit later in the evening, and uh, and mm-hmm. he was 
he was moving slow, but when we yeah. asked him asked him how he was doing, he said, "Oh, we're all right, we're all right." But then again, I saw him the next day, and uh, and he was he was taking his time. Was, yeah, that's when it kicks in. Yeah, yeah. Interestingly enough, like it's 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 nice to see that Pro Circuit finally had a nice night. Uh, I know they had some success in the East until their entire team uh, got caught by the injury bug. Um, but uh, Justin well, Hill Blake ends up taking home the victory. Sorry, I think Blake Baggett got caught by the bullshit bug because he didn't want to point out where he had an eye problem. Meanwhile, he's riding every freaking day on the outdoor tracks that everybody goes to. But who knows if that's just rumors and bullshit. But, you know, chalk it up to the pro circuit team to, you know, do stuff like that just to make sure you don't point out. Yeah, I, I, that I, I, that doesn't surprise me one bit in terms well, of Blake Baggett. Okay, like, but honestly, Chris, do you think he's ready? No, how many years has he been? How many years has has Baggett been in the league? This is fourth year. This is fourth year. If he was, if he was just naturally, I'm not knocking on it, but if he was a bigger guy, like bigger build, yeah, go nuts. But I think just more his physical stature, he's never going to be big like that. And um, but yeah, yeah, I think it's 125 points, uh, like three years in a row, and One, he, it's 150. Is it 150? Okay, well, he yeah. has 120, right? Yeah. So, to, he so if he had gone there and did the anything. Two rounds, if he won the last two rounds, he would have pointed out, boom, 450 ride, right? So Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. I, can you really fault him, though? Like, he well, wouldn't, I don't think he'd find a decent okay. outdoor ride. Okay, but oh. this is another thing. Suck it up, fucking princess. Like, you fault a guy, so you're going to pull bullshit so you can ride in a, in a 250 learner class. You've obviously put in your time, but if you have to fake it so you don't stay down there, you can't. People who rag on Martin Davalos cannot look at this same situation and be like, yo, that's not cool, man. Like, you're more talented. You're an, okay, you're an X250 national champion. Boom. Right there. Suck it up. Yeah. You like name and an, any other X two fifty national champion that you'd say no 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 he can't move to four fifty he's not a chance. I like Irv. Who's Irv? <laughs> Irv is the the track announcer during the day uh, and in Braun. the evening. Yeah, yeah Braun. Yeah, yeah. That, I just he, I, I he like Irv. Does, he does an amazing job. That guy. You're a liar. Uh, <laughs> no, um, but really, do you know what I mean? So for him, to oh, I, I totally get it. To I just. I just think that it's time, like, suck it up, move up, give that, you know, position to someone else who hasn't been in the class for four years on good equipment for three. Yeah, he gets injured and stuff. But yeah. I don't know. Yeah, like, I get it. Yeah. Do I really like that shit? No. Does this make me, you know, who made that decision? Who cares? But it's always, it seems like Pro Circuit's the one dodging the people moving up, you know? Yeah, I think they've also had a hard. They they have struggled in recruiting lately. I think they've uh, they've missed the boat on a couple of new guys coming in. Ah, oh, um, that, that Covington stayed over in Europe. He was supposed to yeah. come over and ride. I'm sure that had a little bit to play in it. Not like they would have counted on him to be championship baggage level. But yeah, I'm no. Sure but I, I got to imagine that John, Johnny O'Mara is pretty pissed about that whole deal. Hey, I, but, I, go ahead. Oh, what what class is Porcel supposed to be riding in this summer? Two fifty. He's on a 250. Yeah, he's gonna kill it. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah, gonna do good things. Yeah, he's I'm, gonna I'm, be on the gas. I'm curious to see how 
how it goes for him. If if he makes all all, uh, all twenty four races, then I think that he's going to be in it to win it. I think uh, I, I'm going to make a bold statement that if he scores points in every race this year, he's the worst he can do is third. Yeah, and see, I think uh, the pretty boy complex that he had, and no offense, he's had some fucked up injuries, and he never really let anyone know. Well, not in English, what's going on, you know, and so. He has it in him. We all know that he's super talented. That bike, <clears throat> like I just said, like I, I think that bike is fast. And even the right person, I'm sure, it can be made to do anything. So if he, I'm sure his bank account isn't what it once was, winning world championships and no. a shit ton of races in the states and the, you know, pro circuit has been known to not pay tons of money, but to win race bonuses, which he won a bunch of. So. Yeah. That money's got to be getting tapped out, living a lifestyle that I'm sure he's used to. So he's going to have that pushing him where in the past, riding for the Yamaha team on 450s and outdoor, the, that was the hot tub team, right? Yeah, that was, uh, that was Moto Val- Concepts. Yeah, or whatever. No, so, it was Moto yeah. Concepts. So he hops on that. He's probably getting paid 50 grand, 60 grand rather than in the hundreds, like multiples of hundreds is what he's used to, I'm sure. And so he's just like, fuck this. I'm going to go home and chill out. I don't need 50 grand. Now he probably needs 50 grand and he's thinking, you know, I got like a name for myself and do something for next year to get a well-paid good ride. And he, I think he's still young enough to do something. I mean, uh, Wyndham came back after retiring at 27 to go yep. for years, but he is that odd case. No, I would never compare Wilson or Purcell to that other than his riding style. Like he doesn't, He's not ragged riding style, you know. He might be able to conserve some energy, make that bike work, and win some races. Yeah, I agree. Purcell never, Purcell never really looks out of his comfort zone. He he doesn't seem to push it further no. than 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 what he's comfortable with. And I think what I was trying to say there is, I can't see him having have lost that. You know, I'm sure he's going to yeah. hop on that bike. And it just seems like he kind of dances around the track and puts in wicked lap times while he's doing it, you know? Yeah. And also, uh, I, don't know if, I don't know if this uh, plays into it at all, but I know he likes to practice on a 450. And the Yamaha is literally the exact same chassis setup uh, <clears throat> as, as far as the frame goes uh, from, the, from the 250 to 450. So if he's putting in week, uh, lap time, laps during the week on a 450, the, the setup and feel isn't going to be terribly different on the 250. So that's might something that, that really plays into his strengths in terms of how he likes to prepare himself. Um, but before we get into too far into, into that, let's, uh, let's recap this, uh, 450 main event, Ryan Villapoto, this thing was boring. Uh, Ryan Villapoto led every lap. He, he, he led the last 80 laps of the whole freaking series. Uh, Ryan Dungey, second place. Uh, what do you guys think of, uh, the two KTM guys rounding out the top 10? Or top, top three? I think it was just an amazing race. It was a nail biter. Start to finish, like you're saying. Um, <laughs> Took me, I think, three times to fully stay awake and watch it on YouTube. But uh, Villapoto had it. He's the man. Uh, it's sad that he's probably not going to be remembered for as good as he is because he literally just decimates everybody. And yeah. you know how, you know Carmichael Speed when he was, like, pushing gnarly, like, on the edge, getting every last bit out? Yeah. That's Villapoto's go-to speed. 
but it, mm-hmm. he just he makes that because he is kind of a little bit ragged riding style. That's just because I don't think you can go much faster than that. And everyone says James Stewart is the fastest man. I really doubt, you know, maybe for moments and sections, but I really think Villapoto just doesn't give a shit about what people think, so he's not claiming anything. Because remember, Stewart took that saying and ran with it, right? Like, yeah. Villapoto is just a badass motherfucker. He's going to sit there and do whatever the hell he wants, but meanwhile, nobody understands the, the absolute speed that he carries every single round, you know? Like, yeah. Um, and now he's getting his knee sewn up, so he's going to get be even better for next year. You know, I think I called it a long time ago. I knew we knew it wasn't racing outdoor, but I called it. He's just like done, right? And uh, yeah. I could see maybe a Baggett eye injury before Supercross. You know, he'll do the Million Dollar Monster Cup. If he wins that Million Dollar Monster Cup, might be getting an eye injury. You know what I mean? And then he'll just come back, race a couple of times, win them, and just right off in the sunset of his contracts and who cares. Right? Yeah. yeah. I think that but, dude's just going to walk away and go shoot deer somewhere and, and, uh, and pretty much not give a fuck. I, I, well, that, I think he's all that is man, that guy. He is well, just a bad dude. And yeah. we all listen to the same shows and it's like just that he's going to walk away. I think a little bit. Yeah. A little bit. No, I think you're going to see him start doing the one-off races like in Europe and stuff where he gets paid big money because he's retired. This is like, you know, last chance to see Villapoto, even though, you know, there's going to be a million last chance to see Villapotos. And he's going to make a hundred grand, 200 grand, who knows how much money for to fly him and his wife to some fancy fucking place where, you know, it's pretty much a vacation for however long for them paid for by these guys, plus huge money. And all he has to do is ride a dirt bike Friday and Saturday night, you know? And I think you're going to see him taking advantage of a lot of that where there's benefits to it as well as it's a race, you know? Let, let, let me ask you guys this. Do you, do you see him, do you see him coming, stepping into the booth at all and, and just doing any appearances or anything like that? Doing any guest no. announcing for races? N- no. Only if he's allowed to be uncensored. Or if it's like, <laughs> if it's part of his, uh, I'm sure. He's going to be a monster athlete forever, and that's what a lot of these retired athletes like Carmichael, McGrath, McGrath. every freaking fucking guy. So yeah. it's like, hey, where, whenever you do ride a dirt bike, put a fucking helmet on, and here's six digits probably, and oh, but you have to speak at this, this, this. And when you put it in that situation, he's like, yeah, okay, no problem. You know what I mean? So yeah. that's just his like money to burn for the year, or do whatever the hell he wants. And all he has to do is talk on TV here, here, here. I can handle that. And you know what yeah, I mean? I think it, if he's still a monster athlete, yes. If he's not, not a chance. That, yeah. I, 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 I agree with you. I think that he's probably going to stick with monster. And, and being that he's, he's already used to having to do all of these, uh, guests, you know, all these, these, uh, speaking at all this different stuff, uh, you know, I mean, he had, what was that? He had a talk from, was that Toyota, I think, when he won the truck for that, uh, for their, remember they had their yeah, series. Yeah, train, with, train, in, get a Raptor. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, the guy's already used to, to having to do that kind of stuff. As far mm-hmm. as announcing goes, I, I was wondering what you guys thought because I, I can't see, I mean, I, I don't really think that he's a, really a, the kind of guy, he's, he's not the kind of guy I see sitting in a booth anyway. No, maybe if he totally misses it 
And we do see a lot of Alden Baker burnout. And sure, yeah, it could be bullshit or it could be just a pattern of Carmichael and Stewart all just like wanting out of that program, I think, as much as he does. Like Roxon's complaining about being tired. You know, yeah, you're going to be the best, but what's your lifespan? Like your body can't live pinned every single day, you know? No. And you look at these, some of the boxers and Tour de France guys, like when they're done those races, they literally sit on their ass on the couch for a month and recover, you know? Yeah. Uh, these what guys do you, are doing this every fucking weekend and every two to three days a week they're riding, you know, plus doing this other stuff every day. They don't yeah. get recovery time. He times up by however many years and he hasn't lost yet. You know, I'd be like, no, nah, I'm just going to sit literally on a couch made of millions of dollars and not do anything for a bit. <laughs> yeah, I don't think you can keep going unless you're some sort of a, a superhuman uh, like like Wyndham or Reed. I, I don't see... You know, not many guys are able to race at that level into their 30s. No. No, yeah, the guy's 25 years old. I think he's going to finish out his, his his year next year, and that's it. He's got his, uh, yeah. it's rumored to have uh, $30 plus million dollars in the bank. That's more than enough to live comfortably for the rest of his life. In the, um, Honestly, I don't think he needs an extravagant lifestyle to be happy. He wants... Uh, uh, a full a full complement of ammo and some and some fun guns to shoot some stuff with and, and a Ford truck and a, and a Ford, Ford truck and, a Ford truck, and you yeah. know what the like those um, Ford Ford's a good manufacturer he won't have to re up his trucks too often so uh, um, yeah like um, Villapoto's gonna like unfortunately I don't think he'll ever get his due in terms of how dominant he ever was. Because I was I was kind of running this down in my mind uh, on the way out to Carmen, uh, I think it was a Wednesday night. Um, I'm trying to think of a single uh, series that that he was ever really out of, other than uh, the his his rookie year in Supercross 2009 when James won. <clears throat> he and he even won two Supercrosses that year. Like he's he's been dominant and a title a title favorite or at least close to the title every single one that he was ever a part of yeah. like if you spotted him the 2010 championship uh and like you you'd literally be talking about a guy who's won it five, five times in a row um well and do you know what the best part is is he doesn't give a shit and he doesn't talk about it but you, everyone does all those shows or the like top five people in the world racing supercross. He missed Carmichael. Carmichael retired when he was on two lights. But okay, yeah. let's look at it on paper how it is. Every year, never mind their prime and this and that because you're in the 250 class, then you move up. That's your career, right? So he's been beating Reed and Stewart that are number two, number three, number four, whatever you want to say, supercross winners of all time. And they can soundly like they had their run already, and now he comes in and he's been beating them now uh, with the Dungies and Roxons and Barshas and Canards and people that legitimately are race winners. Where back in the day it was a Stewart or Reed show, you know. Let's be honest, like there would be yep. the odd guy, Wyndham would win a race, sure, this guy'd win a race, but now there's a lot of legitimately fast guys that can win, but he just waxes them every week. And because he is a good starter, his corner yeah. speed is like at better or at par than anyone on earth. Um, he, you can't get into his head. Uh, his fitness is on par. Like how many pro side columns you have to 
check off where, you know, Dungey might have a bunch of those, but I don't think he has the same mental capacity and not even confidence in his bike right so even if those are just little tiny things those are in the con section of him but nobody's had so many pros in the right side as villapoto i don't think and he treats it like a job every all these other champions like everyone takes advantage we all remember reed with like 10 carat diamond freaking earrings you know and not that that means anything but that means something you know like you don't see Villapoto yeah. doing anything other than necessity. He comes out for parade lap wearing a football jersey or some jersey for that team, waves, waves, high, high, puts on his helmet and motos. No whips, no high fight, no way of taking his hand off the bars. He's done that race, he parks the bike, and he goes home and trains. You know what I mean? Like, no other mm-hmm. champion has treated it like a job more no than fucking Carmichael does. You know what I mean? Like, let's be honest, and he does. Like, yeah. you know, Carmichael would still have fun and throw whips and do like magazine shoots no where he's cans. going upside down. Yeah. And, you know, I'm sure whatever. Yeah, he's training with Alden, but I think nobody has put it to the level that, uh, uh, Villapoto does and the confidence that he has where he's like, yeah, come on, Roxon, do what I do and try to beat me because you're going to be a fucking beat up little baby by the end, which is what happened. You know, I- being a jerk yeah a lot of people honestly a lot there was some people who were talking about like is it a wise decision to bring in the kid to kind of push him and you know what it worked out exactly how i think he thought it would i'm gonna bring in this kid yeah who's gonna he's too after he's won villapoto didn't break he didn't let it in his head he's like yeah we'll see if he can still go after all take another three months you know Exactly. Like I think he's like, oh, this the Alden Baker is going to chew this kid up, spit him out. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna be able to uh, match this kid's pace. If not, uh, get my own pace is going to be upped by racing with this kid on a weekly basis. Exactly. Take advantage of it. And by the end of this, by the time the summer hit, uh, comes around, like if if Villapoto is racing outdoors. Ken Roxon is going to be a non-factor this summer. I can guarantee it. He's oh, he's burnt right out. This is even funnier now if you think back, like how many chess moves you want to go back. If Villapoto had no intentions, like say he hurt his knee at whatever, and I'm pretty sure whatever Villapoto says is what goes there. And if he's like, no, 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 let's go, let's go, and he knows he can work himself for three months with the base that he has, I'm sure, or whatever. Yeah. He's like, let's just pin it, blow out Supercross, and then, yeah, I'm going to go... Uh, slice my knee open and put it up on the couch and, do, you know, do nothing for a couple of months. Intel. What do you think about all that, Beach? Yeah, that's, I mean, I couldn't have said it any better. I think that that's, and I had wondered about that, exactly what Mellon had said. Uh, I had wondered about his knee months ago because, I mean, and, and is it, one thing I don't know is is what knee is it? Is it his left? Is it his right? Is it the one that he had hurt? Uh it's that, his right knee. It's his right. What wasn't it? His left that he had hurt it, yeah. before. I think yeah, it is so, the opposite one too. Yeah. Yeah. That's so I mean, knee. I mean, when did he hurt it? How long ago was it? How long has it actually been bothering him? How bad is it? I, I mean, hell, I guess only he, only his camp knows. But uh, exactly. but I think that his the, the amount of confidence that that guy has, he can he can make it through. Uh, I mean, I don't know, an entire series? Uh, And I'm saying that sentence, that's ending with a question mark. I I don't know when he hurt the damn thing, but but the guy's amazing. And one other thing, 
Oh, I, I was. Oh, I was just going to say, and one other thing too that uh, uh, just kind of changing the subject. I don't want to get away from the knee thing, get you yeah. off track. But but uh, when you know, there's lots of talk. Of course, you know that you hear guys talking about uh, uh, air pressure in in rear tires and and uh, and stuff like that. And and uh, and you know what tires are being run by the guys these days, and and using running one tire to uh, on all, in all conditions. And one of the things that I just about Villapoto that I always wondered is I just talk about how they're you know riders now these days they're only running eleven ten pounds the thing in the rear tire and uh, and it squats and it bites real hard but uh, but the sidewall does kind of you know it's got some it's got some wobble uh, it, yeah and and that I I've always wondered. Does Villapoto run more? Because I mean, he's a guy that rides on the rear wheel. He turns on the he turns with the rear end of the bike. He yeah. he'll, he he backs into the turns and and uh, and he comes out of turns. You know, he's on the gas one third into the turn. You know. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's just something. See, that's that an interesting. Just- that's an interesting question. I think that uh, Villapoto, if as far as his preference, I think that would be difficult to really determine. I have, I'd have to kind of go into the footage to see what kind of compression uh, he's getting off of that tire uh, when he's doing either seat balancing or coming out of a corner. Um, that super slow-mo through the whoops would be the only way to know compared to someone else of his weight, you know? Because yeah, uh, all other shit is just going to be bullshit unless you ran up there and well, did it yourself. Well, it's a spec tire. You know? It would be a, dun- it'd be a, a br- Dunlop spe- spec tire. Um, but I think that uh, as far as for him, uh, he, he only, he literally runs one or two front tires. He always goes with an 80. Um, and, uh, as far as, um, PSI, I, I'm not entirely sure, but. Uh, I think they run like 13, 14. I thought they always ran a little bit more, but yeah, I mean, who, I, I this year, this year there like, seems really. to be a switch. This year, there seems to be a switch where guys are running lower pressure so they get the, like, with a stiffer sidewall of the tire so that it doesn't yeah. collapse as much, but it still gets that bite that you yeah. get from having a tire that flattens out and, and gets rubber down. And all of us on 125s yeah. used to throw a 250 tire on, and on my 250F, I run a 450 tire kind of for the poor man's version of that same situation, right? But, right. Uh, um, with, uh, with going back to a Ross Pedersen, racing clinic that I think I went to when I was like 10 years old. Somebody said he was standing on the bike and moving your body one inch forward is like 35 pounds more on the front and less on the back. So if you move your whole body two, three inches forward, that's like a hundred pounds more in the front tire. So rather than one pound of pressure or half a pound, I'm sure they're dealing in like points of pounds, you know, with uh, the level that they're at. But just his forward, head forward riding style in corners, I think he's doing even more than that. Because his whole body's right over that front tire, and we all know the ass end is just going to follow. You know, so if he's yeah. so making that front tire bite and turn and go wherever, your back end is going to go wherever your front tire is already pointed, you know? Absolutely, yeah, I totally agree. I think um, as far as like getting back to his knee uh, for a second, I, th- I think that um, I go. I- from what I heard, uh, he's had problems with both of his knees. Uh, this is both ACL and uh, meniscus, uh, and the 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 uh, the knee that he had fixed 
Uh, actually, I just just checked on on Instagram. It was his left. And um, from what I've heard is that uh, when they fixed it originally, it wasn't fixed properly. Uh, so he's gone to a different doctor in Colorado. He had that fixed uh, today. And um, yeah, like if he comes back for uh, either donations, which I doubt, or Monster Cup, I think, um, I don't know about you guys, but I think that he rides Supercross next year outdoors to prove a point that he still got it. And then we he, he rides off into the sunset. Wheelies off into the sunset like Seth Enslow yeah. and Fresno Smooth. Fresno Smooth, absolutely. He's with, well, a, with I, I with, think you're gonna with see a different with a monster sorry. girl with a with a monster girl uh, yeah. on, on the back. He's gonna do. Yeah. I think he's never been known to do the bursies and the thises and the thats. I think you're gonna see him go to Europe, consider it a paid vacation away from Alden, where you can eat cheese and drink wine and do whatever the fuck he wants. And race a couple of supercrossing, like you know the the tight supercrosses there, not caring what he does, you know. They collect a check. They just want to put him on the advertising. People love to see him lose, you know. And you're, I think you're going to see him do a couple of those, maybe a couple more. He's going to do the Monster Energy Cups. Like remember, McGrath did them for years out. Why not, right? He's still going to have the skills and the speed. Shit, if you put Carmichael out there in the Monster Energy Cup, who's saying he could get top five or podium one of the ten lap races, right? right. So I think you're going to see lots of that where it's no commitment, no anything. He's been on Cowies literally forever his whole pro career. They're going to give him a bike. He's not going to piss them off in any way. Uh, That's actually Jeff special. How do you guys feel about that? Like a guy who literally rode the same manufacturer from nineteen nine or two thousand and five when he turned pro uh, yeah. all the way up to uh, when he's going to retire in 2015, 10 years in the same manufacturer. And he was on there for eighties as well. Uh, trivia question. If either one of you can tell me what kind of bike he rode uh, before he switched to team green. Um, Yamaha. <laughs> thousand late th- <laughs> thousand I, Oaks uh, Yamaha. Wow. Yeah. That's uh that's a good one there, big guy. Um, I, I think it's smart. I, I think he's smart yeah. as hell. And with the same brand and, and yeah. knowing what's, you know, where he's at with the bike and, and what works mm-hmm. and, and the team, I, I think it's a, a, a really good career decision. I mean, if, if you, yeah, and, and if, if you're not, if you're not in, if you're not in it just for money, if you're in it because you want to win and like he says, he likes winning, uh, mm-hmm. then, then what's the best way to do that? Find what works and stick with it. Yeah, that and the fact that after being on the same bike for 10 years, um, like all that research and development, the race machine that Kawasaki makes right now is a, probably a very much uh, Ryan Villapoto-influenced machine. Would you guys agree? Well, yeah, and, and but what we're saying, so from 05, that frame geometry like that, that he's riding, who knows, we all know... After McGrath retired, they're like, oh, yeah, by the way, that fucking thing's a 93, you know. So who knows what he's riding, and we never really will for sure again. But he rides the same setup everywhere. It's known. That's such a good thing to go. That's just putting that confidence level even higher up where he's like, yeah, 
I remember exactly what this setup and this exact same bike has done for the last five years, right? Yeah. That's totally. confidence in you. He's like, the same tire, the same this, the same everything. I won that race. I win today. Fuck these guys. I'm Ryan Villapoto. And that's just putting where I don't think Dungey has that same attitude. He's going to be like, here's this bike built literally after me. And, but I wasn't sure of my settings last year or the year before. So let's try this with combination. You know what I mean? No, 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 no. Mm-hmm. The Villapoto camp must have it so easy in that department where ride yeah. the same thing, be consistent and yeah. he'll have a consistent day. If he doesn't go one, one in the outdoors, he would have done pretty darn good. I'm sure, you know, and yeah. he's one of the how riders many, that, that is happy with that. How, how many times have you heard other guys on, Either in in a in a heat race interview or a uh, or or just even any whatever uh, they get third place and they're doing a podium interview and they say that they struggled with bike setup. I I can't yeah. actually remember a time hearing Villapoto say Never. that. No. Yeah. No, you don't say it. Like, like oh, you don't you don't even hear him saying we were playing with a few things. It's yeah. Well, Williamson bolted my plastics on uh, and uh, I go fast. That's how we do this. 2010 bike, probably, because they probably have stuff on there before the new model comes out, obviously. <clears throat> so, yeah, here we go. Give me my bike. I'm going to go win because I'm the best. And that's all he has in his head. Like, that, like everything in my head is numbers. And if it takes a package to 100% to win, that 3 or 4% people play with in bike setup, he's got two or three of those guaranteed done anyways. Don't try to go for that extra one or two. Just ride it, you know what I mean, and be confident in it. So that's something you can only get over years of riding it too. So everyone, once they go to that plan, they're already a couple of years behind, you know? Excellent. So we've, we've beaten the, the, the four fifties to death. We didn't really talk about the other guy, the other oh, okay. guys in the, okay, wait, wait, wait. Uh, the class, but one, sorry, okay, what one else we want to talk thing about? With Villapoto still, and I'm just going straight conspiracy theory. Cause you know, I believe in <laughs> aliens and weird stuff, right? Yeah. Um, if, uh, if he knew that, like, back to the, like, at the same time of rocks, and was like, hey, I'm just going to blow this kid out. Like, my knees are shot. You always, they're always kind of blown, but you can kind of go with it or you work with it. And I'm sure there's many a cortisone needle and many more doctor-involved situations that he has than we do, right? So if he knows this, back to the PED recovery thing, you can do anything illegal. There was no testing. He wasn't getting tested. And he just blows it out on that heals up between every race faster than Roxon can, where Roxon might have every level of the Alden Baker treatment yet, you know? And then he just, uh, oh, this PED testing's coming in. I know that was way later, way whatever, but just as another guaranteed level that he's not going to get tested for anything, I'm out, you know what I mean? And, uh, but yeah, that's my thing. <laughs> what do you... What do you guys, you think that's good for the sport or are you you happy to see it? You think it's good? Oh, no, I think that's awesome just because it's a level that they have to watch it. If they were taking advantage, which I really don't think that, but I'm just saying, like, we're already back thinking that he's thinking he's going to blow out Roxon, which is like nine levels are retarded, right? So let's might as well chalk up another couple. And like, I don't know. I definitely don't think they did that, but I'm sure there is kind of like, smaller levels of just 
not human growth hormone thing, just things that make you heal faster that are probably illegal that they're doing, that I'm sure a lot of them are, you know, not like the full regimen of like a Lance Armstrong or that some of those guys would do, but let's be yeah. honest, I'm sure they've Googled quick recovery when they're beat after, you know, two months, six months of doing this, and they found the same response that everyone else did, you know? Matt, I wondered so much about blood doping and stuff like that with you know to help with recovery and and, and of course I think it goes on. I think we're I think people are uh, are sadly mistaken if they if they don't think that this is going on uh, at least at, at at least a minor level. Like say the top five yeah. guys who can actually afford it. Um, that it's going on. I, I know. I, I guarantee these guys are getting IVs between motos at the very least. I guarantee that there's there's guys out there that are they're dabbling. Uh, it, I don't think it's any. I don't think there's any um, surprise that since now we've had a lot of uh, cycling coaches move over and start working with moto guys. That now there's really started to uh, uh, emerge some rumors of guys doing this that other thing. That whole sport. Uh, like, in my opinion, uh, professional cycling should just go the way of the, the bodybuilder and just let these guys do whatever they need to, uh, have a to, to get class. Yeah. Have it like, <laughs> just like st- the steroid Olympics. Um, because it just goes on every time they find a new test to detect a new something. Uh, the technology for the steroid is 10 levels ahead that is undetectable. It's building muscle at a different yeah. rate. It's uh, recovery, uh, helping out this, that, and the other thing. Um, yeah, I think more cross races uh, at the highest level will 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 go do that because the dollars are there, and you know what? There's not a lot of money to be made in this sport. The only the only guys who can confidently walk away from this sport, hopefully walk, not roll away from this sport, and actually live comfortably for the rest of their lives without having to work, is probably the top five guys that you you see on the the in the sport in general. Not even the f- top five guys on the gate. You think of guys like even like Tim Ferry. One of he is he won uh, didn't win any super. Supercrosses, but he won outdoor nationals. He got second in the series a couple of times, uh, like multiple factory rides. He's he's training guys. The guy still has to work. The guy still has to uh, take guys like Trey Kennard under his wing and 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 pull a salary. He has like he can't sit on his money. Um, so I think if if the the difference between being able to live comfortably for the rest of your life and uh, uh, and not being able to do so is steroids, I think there's uh, guys that will definitely. Definitely take that chance. Is it a cool. is it a skill based sport? Do you still have to uh, to turn the throttle? Of course you do. You still have to spin that lap time. But at the end of the day, if Ryan Villapoto can uh, do all of his his training during the week, recover, be fresh on race day, uh, and and be able to put in that fastest lap time of the day more consistently because he's not tired, that's an advantage. Well, yeah. Man. I, I, I think if they're given uh, if they're given the option of of uh, of getting some next level treatments or eating a power bar, I I, I would imagine that they're probably going to go for the next level treatment because Definitely. when you get to that level, that's that's you know what if 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 uh, if rider A is doing it, then what the hell is rider B supposed to do to to keep up? I mean, keep yeah, stick with the Joneses. Yeah. Well, I think that's the step where they're like, hey, I hired a trainer. If they have a deep background into there, that might be kind of for the behind the scenes knowledge of these things even. You know, how else do you, you don't just walk into a place and be like, 
tell me all this stuff about illegal performance enhancing drugs for sports. <laughs> you know, I'm sure you'd be like, yeah, I'm going to just pay this guy. He's going to teach me how to do this. And well, I'm doing my rowing machine. I'll be like, yo, what's up with uh, these uh, things I keep hearing about? And you're going to get firsthand info that you trust, right? And I'm sure a couple of these guys, once they hire a trainer, that's one thing that they're looking for in the background. Just even knowledge about it, what to do, what not to do, what they've heard of. Because let's be honest, that's what me, you, or any other person would do in that situation, right? Absolutely. Go ahead. I would cheat. Man, if you're not cheating, you're only cheating yourself. <laughs> hey, if you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. Um, Tony Alessius has taught us that. Now, let's before we break down the the point series in both the two fifties and the four fifties, because we still want to talk about that a slight bit before we go straight into outdoors. Uh, let's uh, let's do a little bit of trivia between the two of you guys, and okay. uh, the winner uh, the winner gets a, uh, a twenty five dollar gift certificate for the iTunes store. Uh, it would be oh. iTunes.ca. Uh, so, uh, hopefully the two of you are, uh, are ready to go. Um, well, Melon's going to smoke me. I doubt it, my friend. <laughs> None of these, uh, actually a lot of these are, um, these type, these, um, the, most of these questions are, uh, a little bit, a few, a few of them are, are Melon's style, but a few of them <laughs> are, uh, uh, between the years of 2002 <laughs> and 2007. So Melon, you're yeah, totally fucked that's there. That's my dead time. That yeah. Was, you, yeah. yeah. I, was, I know how to get cut to the core of them. That was when uh, I was living in the basement of the shop and I definitely could not afford cable and I was not smart enough to Google some interwebbings and, yeah, so I it was just dead to me other than if somebody told me something as yeah. Right on. Um all right, so uh we're going to do a few questions. We'll keep score and uh after I've completed the question, uh you each one of you has to uh say your last name because the two of you have the exact same first name and uh the one who says his first name first is allowed to answer the question if he's wrong. The other, the other guy has the opportunity to steal the point. Uh, otherwise, uh, if both of you are wrong on your first try, we go on to the next question. Deal? Okay, okay, okay how about this? Last names just gets hard, too, because it's just weird saying your last name. Um, how about uh, you do, like, yo and I'll Melon do, Beach. like, sup, you know what I mean? Or something that we can just, like, blurt out, because I'll be trying to think of okay, the answer, okay, here and we then go. I'll try to think of my own name, and I'll probably blow it, you know? Um... <laughs> Melon, you have to say tits. Okay. And beach, you have bums. to say boobies. No, boobies is two syllables. That's no, not boobs, bums. So bums, bums okay. your bums, I'm boobs. Okay. I'll, or, I'm I'll be bums. Say your I'm, bums, I'm, a, I'm tits. I'm an ass man anyway, so yeah, bums. I no, me, me too. I figured that after fun. meeting your old lady. Okay, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> so I'm tits, your bums. Let's do this. All right. Right on. Uh, First question, uh, what privateer team was founded by fly racing athlete? You don't even know stupid questions. Yeah, no, I know the question. By Ryan Clark. Dope. Dope. I'm just going to call out Subway Honda. Wrong. I know. Want to try and steal that one, Beach? 
was it uh, was that Faith Team Faith? No, nope. no, nope. that's uh, you're thinking uh, uh, Keith Johnson. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. But uh, no, that was Team Solitaire, the Solitaire oh, team, yeah. uh, which was they're on Hondas um, though, right? They yeah. were on Hondas. They spent yeah. one year on Yamahas, um, but yeah, okay, Solitaire. Next, next. Fuck that all right. Next. Two riders were allowed to run their own gear deal while riding for Pro Circuit. Name them. Carmichael and uh, Mother FN um, AC. Wrong. No, no, no. AC in uh, amateurs was still... No, we're talking open. pros. They'll no. be more specific with your question, sir. But um, uh, that's Mikel P. Sean, if you're thinking that one. Yeah. Sorry oh. for the... Sorry for the whatever beach, but were, um, were you were you close there, Beach? Did you have an idea? I RC, I had RC pegged, but I couldn't I couldn't think of who the other guy was. Yeah, no. um, unfor- uh, unfortunately, uh, JT and Axel. Mikhail- yeah, well, no, uh, that was uh, the, they all ran. They're all they all ran JT in '95, uh, which was Pichon's first year. But when he won the championship and raced the next year, he actually rode with BFE, believe it or not. Oh, uh, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm I'm unfortunately sure because that was really really ugly gear. Um, <laughs> so, third question. Uh, I guess it's uh, one nothing for uh, Chris Mellon. How many 250 Supercross championships does Ricky Carmichael have? Five. One. Tits. It is five. Sorry, uh, dude. Bonus question if you can name the years. Uh, 02 to 07. No, no, he didn't do it in a row. Okay. Um, 06, someone else won probably, but fill in the blanks for the rest of them. It was 2001, 2002, 2003, 2005, 2006. He missed 04 for a knee injury. I didn't uh, care. I got the first question right. Uh, my perfect. <laughs> All right. I'm saving my uh, brain for the next question. What, what brand of gear did Ryan Dungey wear during his rookie campaign? Uh, tits. Oh. Wrong. Oh, oh yeah! Uh, answer, 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 answer. You're correct. Yeah. Good job. Beat. It is Good answer. Job. It was yeah. answer right out of uh, he he wore that uh, right out of amateurs. Um, yeah. I got was, all excited uh, there because I remembered something. There you go. Yeah, uh, I'm looking at pictures of Jimmy Gaddis on the internet, and uh, <laughs> it might be a little sidetracked. All right, I have to drop my Jimmy Gaddis question. Uh, <laughs> no, question number five. Um, what brand of exhaust does Ronnie Mack use? Tips. Yeah. I don't know. That sounded like a tie to me. Tie game it was. It was a tie. I'm gonna give. I'm gonna give both of you guys a point on that one. Uh, I I cheated because I I said the answer before the bums. I keep forgetting that. I'm getting all excited about the gift card, man. That's on the line. That's right. (laughs) So it's three to two for um, for Christopher Mellon, and we're we're going into some pretty uh, uh, these are actually some pretty tricky questions here. Um, what gear did the nineteen ninety six Great Western Bank team wear? Oh, uh, uh, no. 
bummed. Uh, like, yo, I, tits I, extreme. Extreme as a motherfucker. Unfortunately, it was extreme. Did you have? Uh, yeah. Did you have that one? Uh, no, did you have no, that I, one there. I thought it was Chris? Axel stuff. Oh it no! Felt- yeah, they didn't. That's uh, they didn't wear Axel that year. They were all over the extreme. They actually got That's money. That was when the only that was the only sponsor that actually paid them cash. I was trying to remember because I was I was thinking about uh, also was that uh, Pedro Gonzalez that wore he was on the what was that a he was riding for Tech Eight wasn't he or something he was riding a Tech well he used to he went, like the um, he was running like Kawasaki of Mexico yeah. And that's, I, I was I I had him in my head. I was I was trying to remember what uh, what guy it was, but no. yeah. Pedro Gonzalez uh, raced Canadian Nationals in two thousand and one on the Morgan Racing Suzuki. Poor guy. <laughs> yeah, no, that was those those were those those bikes were okay actually. They had good uh, from what I remember, they like they 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 finished well. Uh, actually, I think Casey Johnson was also racing that that year. Um, next question. Yo, With, uh, hey, sorry, back to the other one. Pro Circuit used Axo that year, but it was just oh, Pete yeah. Sean who used JT. Oh, okay. Never mind then. Uh, yeah, double points. Fun. Double points for you. No, no, no. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he did wear Bayafi somewhere in and around either '96 or '97, maybe '97 yeah, when he was gross. on Suzuki. This is gross. Uh, what year did? Denny Stevenson turned pro. Tits is going to say 87. Wrong. Good. You want to steal that, Beach? Uh, I'm going to say 90. Oh. 90. Hey? I don't know. No, I don't think it's in the 90s. I, I was going to say 1990 or 91. I couldn't he's remember. He's the 90 champ. Well, he's the 90 so he turned pro in 1989. Ooh. Ooh. Close. So no no one gets that one. Uh, next question. Uh, where did Davy Millsaps make his pro debut? It's the same Melville. Uh, it was in the friendly state of, of, of Minnesota, but it was not Millville. Uh, would you like to uh, take a guess? Dry. Do you guess their beach? Oh, sorry. The Supercross? Was it was it in the Metrodome? It was in the Metrodome. Uh, I'll and give I'll give you the point. I'll give I'll what? give you the point if uh, if you can guess what year. Oh, that was my next question. Was what year is that? Uh, I think it was. Oh, he was on a Honda, right? Or was Suzuki, he on a Suzuki? Suzuki? He was on a Suzuki and then went to Honda. And, yeah, it was like three yeah. years later, though. Yeah, uh, I think it was. Was it oh? Was that around oh three? I'm saying two thousand and four, my friend. Really, it's two thousand and four. Right after his sixteenth birthday. Oh um, yeah, I knew he was sixteen. Hey, I quick quick story. I know right in the middle of of the question, but uh, but no problem. You, you remember in the uh, at at that Metrodome, they used to have uh, the dirt there was real soft and uh, yeah, and I. My a buddy and a good buddy of mine here, uh, we 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 flew down to Minneapolis for the race, and we mm-hmm. got in on press day, and we were watching the uh, we were watching the guys uh, riding the riding the track on practice day, and uh, and we saw one of the the strangest things I've ever seen was 
uh, Grant Langston, actually, when he was riding, remember he rode a KTM uh, 252 stroke for, I think he was Terrible only, bike. Yes, yeah, I think he was only on it for about, I think this was around, oh, this would have been 06, I think, or 07. Yeah. Uh, but he, he was only on it for I don't even remember, but, uh, but he came out of the turn right before the triple, and both my buddy, buddy and I uh, both thought that he was only going to double, and it looked like at the last second he rolled it on. Like it, it looked like he did, did not think it through, and uh, mm-hmm. and he <laughs> he completely cased the triple, and he split his chin open right in front of us, and and he did the you know the bobblehead thing, and uh, yeah, and anyway, that was my first my first uh, my 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 fondest memory of of. Uh, of the, uh, I, I guess the, uh, the Metrodome was, was sneaking in that day and watching Langston wad itself up on the triple. <laughs> That's, uh, yeah, I, I think um, Grant Langston did a lot of crashing on that KTM that year, and uh, if he misjudging triples does not surprise me in, in, in any way. Um, moving on to uh, one of our last questions here, um, and this is something from pretty recent... Uh, who was the last rider to win a, uh, a 250 Supercross on a carbureted motorcycle? Mm. Tits is going to say James Stewart. I'm going to say wrong. Bums, I'm going to go with Reed on a Yamaha. The, well, it was a Yamaha, but you guys are thinking a little bit too long ago. Hmm. A 250, like you mean lights, or are we talking old lights. school? Lights. Lights. Oh. Oh, okay. Uh, you gotta think Yamaha didn't change that long ago, actually. Yeah, but Yamaha never wins anything. Okay, I'm gonna go uh, <laughs> tits for Ryan Sipes. Holy crap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Ryan Sipes. Really? Uh, Seattle, 2012. Yeah. He's the only yeah. thing good that Yamaha had for a long time there. So, <laughs> all right, how many, nope. how many main events, how many four hundred and fifty main events did Honda win in two thousand and thirteen? Giver, I'm just guessing. Um, oh, I don't know. Tits is four, and Beach. I'm gonna go with. Was it two? The correct answer is zero. Oh. Suck it, Honda. <laughs> yeah. A rough year for Honda. Apparently. Apparently. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, actually, you know what? That's wrong. They won one, they won one with uh, Barsha. Um, but, uh, nevertheless. Didn't uh, Canard okay. win as well? No, he came close and got passed. Oh. He got second in one. Um, I'm you, Kennard. Next question. RC's record for most Supercross wins is... Or most consecutive Supercross wins is... Oh. Um, goat. I'll say... Uh, Giver. I'm, I'm going to go with bums and, and seven. Seven bums. No, okay... He's tied with McGrath like, on this one. Tits is going to say 16. No, both of you guys get it wrong. 
It's uh, 13. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I knew it was in a 13 in a row, 19, uh, 2001. Uh, how many Supercross championships does James Stewart have in uh, in the 450 class? Tits is two. It's two. Yeah. It's five to three. Last, last two questions here. You gotta, you gotta at least get these two right to, to tie it up there, yeah, uh, yeah. there, Beach. I'm gonna have to pull it together. Okay. Um, what was the last privateer to win a Supercross? Who? Tits Ricky Ryan back in '87. Wrong. Oh yeah, yeah. There's been. Uh, Okay, give her. Let's do this, Beach. This this one should. This is a this is a pretty familiar guy there, Beach. Oh, pardon me. What? This is a pretty familiar guy. We're going full full privateer. Well, he was a full privateer for a short period of time there. Yeah. I man, are you saying Andrew Short? Uh, nope. That was uh, was Reed. It is a good call, but that was it was Reed who had won uh, on the uh, the the not so factory Honda in I think that's 2011. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I guess that's hard because you know, but hell, I would never not think of him as factory. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I don't know. I don't know who is privateer and who isn't when you start factoring in all the who's getting parts and who isn't. Okay, well, one more question. I got to pee. All right, <laughs> last question. Then we'll throw it to uh, the commercial break um, for for the win, or at least for the tie to see if nope, we can tie we'll this, this sucker. One. Yeah, this was worth all the marbles right here. This is for all the marbles right here. <laughs> Two riders rode for. The Subway Honda in 2005, neither of them got paid their salary or their bonuses. Name them. Name both riders. Well, it's oh. one's Jason Thomas. Yeah. Of course. And then the other one is, um, is what, no, it wasn't Travis Preston. Um, Preston was on Factory oh. Honda then. Yeah, no, I'm just trying to think of, uh, I can't remember who the other guy was. Uh, you know what? I'm going to say James Eichel. It was not James Eichel. Um, Garrett, dare to try there, uh, Beach? Hurry. I got to be. Oh, dude, I, I can't even think of it. Uh, I'm going to go I'll say... Uh, man. I don't even know. I'm going to go with... Uh, I'll go with... Uh, Go. I don't, Just go. I don't know. Irv Braun. Irv Braun Irv was Braun not it. for the win. <laughs> no, unfortunately it wasn't. It was Jeff Gibson. Go pee. Oh, shit. There, uh, Christopher awesome. Mellon. Thanks, sir. That's awesome. It is almost two hours into this sucker. Uh, but, uh, yeah, how, how about you throw it to uh, commercial for us quickly, Beach, before, uh, while uh, Christopher Mellon goes for a, uh, um, a little bit of relief. Right on. You're listening to the Big MX Show. If you've got to go pee, now's the time. 1-800-COLLECT presents Ava Sable and Jeremy McGrath. 
champ. Need to make a call? Yeah, and I don't have any change. No pocket. Ever hear of 1-800-COLLECT? Are you kidding me? So you know it saves at least a buck or two. And it's easy to remember. So for your collect call... I'm dialing 1-800-COLLECT. Smart boy. Hey, you been riding long? It's my first time. 1-800-COLLECT. Save a buck or two. So, do you like stuff? Or possibly things? How about a huge selection of motocross and street bike gear from apparel brands like Troy Designs, Alias, Icon, and Power Bands, every single color you can think of? How about 25 years of custom suspension and motor service from a full service shop, all of which you can find at Capital Motorsports? Mention this Big MX podcast to receive a VP gas can with Spout for only $40, as well as 100% off your next set of motocross tires. Just kidding, we can't back that up, but ask for about it anyway. Check out Capital Motorsports at 157 St. Anne's Road, Winnipeg, Manitoba, or call them, not so toll-free, at 204-237-6686. Motorcycle racing. Motorcycle racing has always been about men and machine becoming one. From the mud, sweat and physical punishment of motocross to the 180 miles per hour asphalt ballet that is MotoGP. Since 1963, Alpine Stars has been protecting the world's best racers. I'm Roger DeCosta and racing is my life. Make your way down to Westside Honda Polaris and check out the brand new Honda Grom. Honda's revolutionary 125cc fuel-injected mini-moto ultimate weapon. A must-see for all motocross enthusiasts. From the Grom to the usual suspects like the CBR600RR, CRF450R, Westside Honda Polaris of Suffolk, Manitoba has you covered. Check them out on the web at westsidehonda.ca. Call toll-free at one 888 4827782 And we're back after commercial break we bought both the the Chris is on the line Chris Beach Chris Mellon uh that trivia contest uh goes to uh Chris Beach 25 $25 gift certificate to the iTunes store um yeah look like I you Show it on the uh, the the video cam to Chris Mellon to show that it's legitimate. Right there, twenty five bucks. That's going to that's going to beach right there. And uh, unfortunately, you got to up your game there, Mellon. Uh, once again, defeated in our trivia qu- uh, questions. And I don't know what you're going to do. I might have to. I might have to hook you up with a, a golden tire. Um, but uh, nevertheless, uh, Beach is getting the uh, the twenty five bucks. <laughs> I think this job, might buddy. be rigged, Mellon. Hey, thanks. I thanks, I appreciate it. It's it's unbelievably rigged. You would not understand. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna <laughs> right go on. to so, it's gonna go to a bunch of Stomp and Tom tunes. Nice. There you go. That's right. That's that's the only <laughs> way you can. That's the the best way to deal with that. Or moto <laughs> right. since there's no porn on iTunes. 
That's true yeah. too, right? Uh, let's let's dive straight into breaking down the uh, the point series in both uh, both two fifties, the four fifties quickly, uh, and then we'll we'll do a little bit of uh, interjection on the uh, the outdoor series uh, upcoming, uh, what we expect from different guys, and we'll wrap this guy up because uh, Chris Beach has to get up in five hours, four uh, four hours, four hours. Okay, can, I just, gonna, can I just say something quick first? Hmm. Uh, pink starburst are way better than yellow ones. Yellow ones suck. Yeah, was, yellow ones are terrible. Yeah, yeah yellow ones are that's the worst color, buddy. Yeah, I know. You just, like you don't want you don't want to be dealing with yellow starburst at one o'clock in the morning, but uh, it seems to be the case. All right, so um, Jason Anderson, uh, he goes ahead and wins that championship. He was consistent. His worst finish of the year was a sixth place position. He gets fifteenth. Uh, great, great ride altogether. Um, Cole Seeley, uh, arguably could have taken those two first, first wins. He ends up, uh, losing both those races in the second, uh, like the last lap. One of them was the second last corner. Uh, Dean Wilson, the best placing pro circuit guy right in behind him, Josh Hill. Uh, assuming that both Anderson and Seeley are out, Dean Wilson is out. Um, I gotta, I gotta think that next year for this same series, unless Bogle is in on the West, uh, you're looking at, uh, either Josh Hill or, uh, Cooper Webb as your f- series favorites. Yeah, I think Hill's going to kill it. <clears throat> he, he's won a couple this year and he's got the confidence he's going like, not just from Vegas, but I think just in general, if he's not hurt, he's going to come in swinging, um, other than that, Webb, same thing. He's going to, you know, go in with confidence off of his Vegas ride. But I think it's going to, the West is kind of going to open up and we'll see if maybe Shane McElrath or some of these young kids will make a bit of a splash. But next year, the West might actually be the uh, easier series, if you want to call it that. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I also I I, I, could, I would definitely see uh, a couple of those faster guys from who raced east this year moving over and racing in the uh, racing in the what? west. But what were you gonna say? Oh, I, I just I was gonna say that I, I think that uh, that Hill has also got the advantage of of having an older brother. That's he, I mean he's been through it all. He's he's seen yeah. it all, and mm-hmm. uh, he can learn he can learn from his older brother. And and of course I mean Hills. Everybody's got good people in their camps, in their corners, but, uh, but, you know, I think that, that Hill's probably got a bit of a, he's got, he's on a good team. He's got, uh, he's got a brother that's, that's there for advice and to, to help him out with stuff and, and, yeah. and he'll be realistic, I'm sure, too. He's not going to just blow smoke up his ass and tell him whatever. He's going to be like straight up about it. Tell him not to yeah. do backflips. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Yeah. That hurts. That hurts. And yeah, his brother's going up to Canada this year too. Hey, yeah, we're looking forward to uh, maybe ch- t- taking in the Regina National and watching uh, Josh Hill uh, do his thing. Um, top, rounding up the top five was uh, Cooper Webb, who uh, he was consistent. Had uh, a little bit of a dip in points uh, right in the middle. Uh, also had one of his best finishes with a with a podium at Anaheim three. Um, Malcolm Stewart. Uh, j- Jesse Nelson and 
uh, Osborne, uh, rounding out, uh, the, the, the next segment of riders, the, those next four guys, um, it's kind of the best of the rest. After that, uh, it kind of falls off. McElrath, he had some good races, but more or less fairly consistent right around that fifth, fifth, fifth and sixth place guy. Uh, he ends up ninth in points, uh, a decent first year in Supercross. I wouldn't say that he really, uh, established himself the whole year. Uh, same can be said for on the other coast being, um, the first year for uh, um, Bashalia, the two of them kind of like they were very closely compared uh, going into the season, and I think they did the same uh, for Supercross in their respective ghosts. Neither one really made too much of an impact, but uh, looking looking good for for making some good results in 2015. Well, well, but looking at the lights results back like east to west. Four guys are moving out of the West with uh, Anderson, Seeley, Mookie, and who is the other one? I forget. But um, Wilson, yeah, boom, top four gone. Then on paper, not in results, but in reality, that's the top four gone. In the East, who's moving up? Is Bogle? No. Uh, nope. Is that close? Nope. Is AC? Nope. Is Baggett? Not with that eye injury. You know, so... Everyone from the East is staying in the East, which that's actually some decent heavy hitters, right? So bring in possibly a couple of new guys or what have you, and the West is looking like that's maybe the place to go get some good points, and uh, everyone thinking that the West is best, maybe some street cat cred by getting some top tens for some of these uh, three-digit guys here. Yeah, but I, like as as much as I, I I respect your opinion on that, but I I, I see uh, Bogle probably he was supposed to race west this year. I think yeah. he goes back to racing right west next year. I think Davalos raced west last year. Uh, he might stay east to try and wrap up that championship because uh, let's face it, if uh, AC and all and and, the, and that whole gang is over <laughs> on the west, he's going to be hard pressed to wrap up that championship. Uh, um, but even uh, Blake Baggett, he's, if, he's been... If, sorry, if AC went over to the West just to kind of race Cooper Webb and be in that elite, I could see him bouncing over there, being that he didn't have the greatest year in the East here and yep. just kind of going closer to home in California uh, with Pro Circuit there and going for the West Championship for sure. Like, yeah, it's, I think that you're going to see more guys from the East actually move over and end up racing the West. Would you agree there, uh, Beach? Yeah, absolutely. And, I mean, what's uh, PC's got to do something with their with their West Coast. I mean, who would they have right now? Who did they have in the West Coast this year? They had... Uh, um, Hill and Durham <laughs> would be staying. Hill and Durham, yeah. And when's Durham? Is Durham back for the Nationals? Apparently. Yeah, and I hope they yeah. stick with him. Yeah, I hope yeah. so too. He's got great style on the bike. He looks good. He does yeah, sweet one footers. Yeah, nice <laughs> that's another dude that's fun to watch. Dog pissers all day. Absolute. But, uh, but, as far like but, yeah, I think. So go ahead. Oh yeah, I was just gonna say. So I mean, PC's got uh, they've got. So I mean, are those are those two guys the obvious choice for the West Coast? And are they going to uh, put another guy over there? Or are they going to have? I think, well, with Thomas Covington coming in next year, I think they stick him on the East with uh, Davalos and Beggett. 
I think you move you move AC over to the west because um, I think he'd like to uh, go back. Like he's he's obviously going to miss the good portion, if not all, of outdoors. Uh, so he he'd want to come back to racing as soon as he could after the. Uh, um, the off season, so he he definitely rests waste west. So next year on the west, I think you see uh, Durham, Hill, and Cian Cirillo on the on the west with uh, Beggett, Davalos, and uh, Covington on the uh, on the east yeah. east coast. And then I guess the rest of the Hondas uh, shake themselves out. Um, Honda's, if anything, Honda's yeah. going to be hurting for some guys because a lot of their guys are moving up. Cole Seeley's out of there. Um, a lot of guys are, mo- are, are moving up. I, I, out if they keep Stewart's Osborne. Out. Osborne rumored to be going, uh, he might he, he might be riding a green, much, green machine next year, actually. For Pro Circuit. Yeah. yeah. I, hate, I hate to interrupt, boys, but I just had to run into the, uh, into the my room. A, a skunk came out from around behind behind my porch and scared the shit out of me. I think it's sprayed by a skunk. <laughs> Fair enough. I, I, we appreciate the update. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, sorry. Sorry for interrupting. That, not not that, a problem. Uh, did, does the skunk want to be on, on, on the air at all? Well, <laughs> if I wasn't on the air, the skunk would be dead. <laughs> yeah, lucky skunk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's not skunk's yeah. lucky night. <laughs> but I think we were talking about this before, you know, is it going to be some of these three-digit guys, there's room in the top ten for them, and are they going to make the jump, or is it just going to kind of be the 12 paid spots with the Honda teams and the Cowie team, and then everyone else can just kind of fuck off and do whatever the hell you're going to do, you know? Like there, There's a huge separation in the 250 class, as well as the 450s, but more so, you know, 15th place was in the series was Preston Mall, right? Yeah, like, yeah. Good job, Preston Mall, but w- nobody knows anything about you, and no, they never will, you know. So, where is there room for these guys? Are we going to learn more about them? Is he going to actually make a go of it, or you know, or is it just going to be filler for the next couple of years? But you get what I'm saying. Like, I don't know. Back in the day, there used to be the top 15 guys were good guys. And uh, it just doesn't seem like this. It's as deep all around. Yeah, no, well, actually, I mean, that's something hard, that it's ahead. hard to fill. Oh, I was just going to say it's hard to have fifteen guys on the gates when only the top. How many guys are, are getting paid to go to the races each each week? You know. Yeah, and, that's and, that definitely plays into it. So I mean, it's it's tough. I mean, to to say that the field, I. I, I mean, the 450 class is, is deep. It's real deep. And there's tons of talent there. And there's there's some serious talent in, in, in the class as well. But uh, but the actual depth of the 250 classes is, you know, it, it's tough to tell how many of those guys are getting paid to show up each week. Yeah, like they're having to rely on sponsor dollars over um, purse money to uh, line their bank accounts, and it's not easy. You see a lot of guys having to fall off at certain points during the year just because they can't afford to continue doing the series, which is an unfortunate thing. Uh, let's move straight into the 450s. Let's recap uh, like the the things we saw from 
the uh, the 450 guys. Uh, obviously, Ryan Villapoto uh, winning out the last four races, uh, 80, 80 laps to glory uh, from uh, winning that championship, wrapping it up in uh, in New York. Um, I think uh, he made he made a statement this year. He was consistent. He won quite a few races, uh, not as many as uh, some he has in the past, but um, still, his worst finish was the sixth, and that was um, or yeah, sixth in Toronto. Uh, his worst fin- that's his worst ride, and um, pretty much damage control. You didn't have a single time when he had that glaring race, like even Ryanville or yeah, Ryan Dungey had three races where four races where he was uh, fifth or worse. So um, that's a lot to be said. Like, I think uh, that's what contributes to that uh, 60, uh, 64 point di- differential. But yeah, I think, I think you're right. I think this year was a little bit too much for uh, um, Ken Roxon. I think, mate. I hope that he, sorry. Cheers. You're, you're back. I'm back. Oh, right on, right on. Um, I, I'm I'm glad to see that he's um, he's he had a good season. I think that uh, definitely he he was burnt out by the end of the year. I hope that he got some rest moving into outdoors so that he's going to be fresh. Uh, yet to be seen whether or not he'll be able to do that. Uh, Justin Barsha, I like a lot of people had a lot of uh, had a lot of expectations on him going forward for this year. He didn't really make things happen. Uh, any of you guys have uh, any idea why he didn't make that step forward? I think, like Beach was saying earlier, it's just it's a deep class, and the step, the next step forward is beating Villapoto. And so then the reason that he didn't beat Villapoto was because Villapoto is Villapoto. So you know, he not being he didn't get as many second places and podiums as we thought. Yeah, um, but I think he's riding to get wins and. Uh, I think he had some bike setup issues early in the Supercross season, you know. Now that he's figured it out, he looked a little bit more at home. But Barshin outdoors is what I always think of, and I think he's really going to make a splash, hopefully, once we get outside where he can ring out that 450 rather than kind of... Like, his style is more of an over-jump and Supercross type of guy, bounce off of shit and make it happen. That works way better in the outdoors, and... We always thought he was going to grenade when he got out. Well, I thought he was going to grenade when he got on a 450 outdoors, but seems like he's adapted to it really well and kind of smoothed them not out. Having actually. a big issue. Yeah, and 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 he's. I mean, he's. I think he's. His program is really. He's worked on uh, strengthening himself up a lot as well. I mean, when he first started out on a 450, you hear him say that Dungey and those guys have got man strength, and he's got bone strength. And uh, and I think <laughs> I think he's coming around to that into that man strength zone now and and I, I think this summer I think he's gonna do gonna do well. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah, I think I uh, I look for big things from this outdoors. I think he's he's not happy with his Honda, but I think he's gonna be able to put things together. Um I think Andrew Short is going to be Andrew Short. Uh, he's going to be a fifth, sixth place guy. Uh his KTM will be solid underneath him. He'll have good finishes. Uh, next guy on the depth chart and kind of a wild card um, is none other than um, what's his name here, uh, Michael Essie, the 800. If if he if he goes one one or one something in uh, in Glen Helen, do you think he just scraps uh, 
scraps the, the the Canadian thing altogether? No. Oh, I think I think they're already committed. Yeah, no, I don't think they'll do that because they know the rest of the season is still going to follow. Um, Alessi, they're looking for a championship. Alessi has won round one before, and mm-hmm. then he just Alessied his way out of the situation with bails <laughs> and injuries and what have you. But no, I think they're going to go to Canada. They've already made a big stink about it. Uh, they have another rider. Who who they pick up again? Uh, they got another guy riding along with him, so yeah, there's another guy. Give him the big middle finger and continue on with life. So I don't know. Is it Cunningham that they're taking up there? Or, I don't know, but I know they got. Someone. I don't think Cunningham's coming along. I can't remember who it was that they said they yeah, were bringing remember. on, but yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, they're bringing on another guy. Yeah, but no, I don't think they're going to do that. I think unless he, first of all, once he wins that race, then they should worry about that in the first place, right? Yeah, Agreed. I agree. Um, so, uh, and then, uh, how, how do you guys think that press uh, Weston Pike is going to do uh, outdoors, uh, RCH bike and all? I see him six to nine, or or well, four to okay. I'll say four to eight. I see four, four to, eight. to eight guy. Yeah, yeah I, I would agree with that, especially on the good equipment. I think he's a good starter. He's got the endurance. Yeah. And I think it's, unfortunately, a pretty decimated crowd still. Like, you're not going to have Tickle there. You're not going to have Josh Hill there. You're not going to have Brayton right off the hop at full capacity. He's still dealing with some knee stuff. Uh, you're not going to have Will Hahn there. Tomac doesn't show up till second round. Um, okay, well, well, let's look at it this way then. What do you think um, his top finish will be? Like, Weston you know, Pike? Top, yeah. Podium. For the year. Uh, yeah, I say podium. Yeah, me too. I don't. I can't see why he can't put together a four-two or a, you know, five-three or who knows, and get on the podium for sure. Because that four-to-eight yeah. number, that's definitely where he's going to be at. But I think he can top finish, be on the podium. Yeah, totally agree. I think he yeah. can land himself on the podium. I think that uh, if Reed is in full swing, and I think he's going to need a few rounds to get quite into uh, where he needs to be with the bike as well as his own fitness uh, coming off an of injury, I think he's going to get some podiums, if not challenged for wins. Well, he'll win. Um, he always. Does. I think you can underestimate yeah. him forever, but he'll always win something. Yeah. Uh, I can expect big things from Trey Kennard as long as he can stay healthy. Uh, what do you guys think about um, Jake Weimer uh, holding a, a, basically he's, I guess you would call the main guy on Kawasaki right now. Um, is he going to do anything other than what he usually has done in the past? I think he's going to eat a lot of Metcalf dust and he's going to hate it. <laughs> I, yeah. <clears throat> Yeah, I, I, you know what, man? I, I think it's going to be, I think it's exactly what Chris said. I think that it's going to be, he's going to be, I don't know. I think he's probably, he's, he's got to be hoping that this is his time. But, uh, but I think Metcalf is going to show up and, and he's going to, I think he's going to ride the wheels off that like Cali. Yeah. No, yeah, first. like uh, he's he's been basically second fiddle on every team he's ever been on, and I don't think anything's going to change. Like it's some, he's um, I he I, I categorize him very much like an Andrew Short. They are that fifth through eighth guy. Uh, every once in a while, they'll steal a steal a podium or something. Or have one great moto, 
Uh, but uh, they need some serious things to happen uh, or some cat- catastrophes to happen for them to really, really excel. Um, well, yeah, he might have a good round here and there, same as short, you know, but long-term top five would be ideal where they'd want to put themselves, but they're both realistic enough, I think, to realize that, no, not going to happen top three or championship, so let's do this. But I just think he... I could see him being a teammate for short next year and that being a good haul for everybody involved. Mm-hmm. Definitely. All right, let's, I'm going to run down a few names and I'm going to let you know, like you guys can tell me what you guys think their, uh, their, their top end will be. Uh, and if they, and if they can win a national, uh, how many nationals do you think they'll win? Starting with Ryan Dungey. Give or be. I see Dungey winning. I think he's going to win. I'm going to go with 12, uh, 12 rounds. I see Dungey winning. Uh, I I think Dungey, I could see him winning, you know, five, six of them. Five of them. I, Fair enough. Five, five, six nationals. I, I, I'd agree with that based on his track record on, on in series is that uh, Ryan Villapoto is not around. Uh, what about Ken Roxon? I see Roxon picking up, oh, I don't know. I see Roxon picking up one or two wins. I mean, there's only the twelve in the series. Only, yeah. only twelve in the in the series, but uh, and you know that with the numbers that I just threw out there, that makes it sound like the KTM guys are going to walk away with the the summer. But uh, well, yeah, well, the, the, the numbers add up quickly. But if you think throwing James Stewart, he could win yep. five. He could win twelve. He could win yeah, two. Yeah, I know. So, Stewart, like, I, even if you do whatever, Stewart and Dungey at par, right? So even if you give them both four, right, which yeah. seems like an underestimation, that leaves Kennard with a win, Barsha with a win, some random with a win, and we're pretty much done the season, you know? So mm-hmm. it's, uh, I think it's going to be a good series if people get healthy. Let's, Tomac could win, right? Um, yeah. And uh, let's say Grant's going fast. Everyone says that all the time. But who says he can't go one something at Red Bud or whatever, right? And I, you see, have yeah, a twelve rounds without Villapoto. It's going to be interesting, I think, and it could be different winners every round, almost. You know, not not and then twelve winners, but you get what I'm saying, like yeah, you know, not and a you gotta, runaway. And you got to count on, or I, I, you, you've pretty well got to. You almost assume that Reed find a way to win. Exactly, so he's, he's going to win something. something. Yeah. So no, exactly. So if you even give one win to Stewart, Dungey, Roxon, Kennard, Barsha, Reed, and like shit, let's say Metcalf. You know what I mean? Yeah. Metcalf. Yeah. Well, can he win a can he win a national? Uh, I'd be I'd be surprised if he does. I think. Um, if he's ready, he can he can do so. But uh, as far as who I think can win nationals, uh, like I confidently say it, uh, would be uh, Alessi, uh, Stu, Roxon, Dungey, um, obviously Tomac. If he's on his game, uh, he's he's past two fifty champion, so I think he can definitely take a win. Reed and uh and Grant can all win nationals. I guess Kennard as well. So you're looking at eight guys that could possibly win nationals. We're in yeah. for a heck of a series. Yeah, and and but I mean I mean, do either one of you guys see anybody running like getting on a street and, and taking off? 
Uh, if anyone, if anyone can rattle some off, it's Dungey. Yeah. What, what about Stewart? See, I think Stewart for sure could come in there. Yeah. Um, I think he can. And, and you yeah. know, you never know what happens. And then there's Stewart. James Stewart. Uh, and then, G- Go ahead. Oh, I I was gonna say I could see Mookie getting a uh, a moto win. True. That's bold. That's a bold statement. I could see, I could see if 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 uh, if James Stewart comes out and goes one one at Glen Helen, and uh, and continues his winning ways, I could definitely see him just destroying. He has the ability to do so. He's done so in the past, two thousand and eight, but. The cons- if the consistency's there and he's got confidence, look out. The first moment of uh, where things might might crack a little bit, and he see he might crumble. And I, I that's where I'm not like uh, confident in the in uh, the 21 year old James Stewart. Not as confident in the 27 year old James Stewart. Yeah. Well, I think I think we've seen that when he first got on that Suzuki. Came out, won every moto, and then that photographer incident, or you know, whatever, where he yeah. flipped down the and they hurt could. his wrist. But he was just done after that, you know, like literally just done. So I think you're right, like with Stewart pending one thing going wrong and him derailing, he can get on a streak like no other. You know, he's seen, he's done a perfect season before. It was a long time ago, but. He's one of those guys that it gets dangerous, and if he gets the Stewie speed and confidence and doesn't randomly pull off for one race or two races, he might be there at the end uh, for the championship, you know? Yeah. Absolutely. And uh, um, just as a side note, if any of her, if anyone wants to go check out Chris Foster's Instagram on a video that he just posted, uh, of course, this is uh, uh, May 14th, 2014. Uh, he just showed, uploaded a picture of him doing a massive underflip uh, at uh, some sort of a sand pit, but that's just absolutely gross. And I have to give a shout out to Chris Foster seven eight two on uh, Instagram. That's Chris spelled K R I S Foster uh, seven eighty two. Um, that is just absolutely just just uh, disgusting. That yeah, is, that's that's a bad dude. Yeah, that uh, you gotta check that out, Melon. Uh, um, anyway, see, and that's funny. I called him the other day. I had a random dream at like whatever o'clock in the morning, and uh, I told them to do like to try because if there's anyone that can with his mini flips, like a foot plant mini flip, like a fast plant <laughs> on a skateboard, because like he's he's decent on a skateboard. So that's you know you kind of push off with your foot into a mini flip. And I think yeah. that could be insane. And if there's one guy that literally can do it, it's him. And we've talked about his flip style where he literally just loops the bike out. He doesn't even go with his head. So if he's locked on, he said, with like a shifter hook and then just plants his foot, he's regular. So he pushes with his right foot. That might be doable. So I was kind of hoping to see one of those soon. But yeah, that's crazy. Like that's a, one of the most whipped out underflips I've seen ever. That's yeah. uh, I don't know, but you know what? Thanks for uh, thanks for doing this, boys. Uh, we've been at this for uh, almost an hour and a half, 
or two and a half hours uh, altogether. Um, I think we did a great job just doing some ridiculous bench racing. We did some trivia. We did some word association. Thanks to the folks at Tech One Designs. Uh, they're 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 great for all of your graphic needs. They do pitch shirts. They do coffee mugs. They do helmet wraps, decal wraps for neck braces, phone cases. Uh, as well as uh, the decals for the bike, like I said, the pit shirts, anything custom you can think of. If you can dream, dream it up, they can make it happen. Uh, as well as uh, thank the guys over at 204 Skate Shop uh, for loaning us their manager for the night uh, to do the podcast with. Uh, we appreciate Beach uh, um, giving us moments of precious, precious sleep that he won't be enjoying uh, this evening. Uh, he'll be tired tomorrow morning. I'll probably get an angry face text emoticon. <laughs> Um, regardless, uh, we love them all to bits. And, uh, next time I see you, I'll, I'll sauce that, uh, that, um, iTunes gift card over to you, 25 bucks heading towards yourself. And, uh, yeah, thanks. Thanks for, thanks for doing this with me, guys. I'll, uh, spend uh, a couple of minutes tomorrow morning at work, uh, editing this and uh, have it up by, uh, probably 10 o'clock tomorrow morning. Right on. Cool. It was, it was fun. Thanks for having me, man. Yeah, we'll do it again. Absolutely. Have a good one, buddy. Right on. Thanks. Later, Beach. Later. Thank you for listening to the Big MX Podcast, brought to you by X-Brand Goggles. Be sure to check out our archive for episodes you may have missed. Check out our website at BigMXRadio.com for more content.